You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Monday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got Tom Peavy and Cam Berry. A little bit later in the show, we're going to chat with Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers. We'll have our birthdays in sports, best and worst of the weekend, a nightly TV guide, and so much more here on this Monday. We will recap the weekend that was for Auburn Athletics and across the world of sports. Auburn men's basketball was in Los Angeles playing the University of Southern California. Yesterday afternoon, they take on Washington on the road coming up on Wednesday. Major, major, major recruiting headlines and news of notes for this Auburn football staff under first-year head coach Hugh Freeze ahead of this 2023 season and ahead of National Signing Day. That comes your way on Wednesday. A lot to discuss with that, and we're going to do that all throughout today's show. Again, J.J. Jackson with Tom Peavy and Cam Barry here inside our studios. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Tom, how are you? Oh, man, I'm I'm doing great. And uh, waiting on the uh, – I, I hate to take uh, – uh, we don't have Ryan in studio, but to take his weather thunder – Definitely looking towards next week to see what's going to happen. We've gotten a little taste of winter over the last couple of days, but not like what's coming Christmas week, so kind of looking forward to that. Uh, oh, I was, yeah, I'm good. Had a good weekend. Went to uh, Callaway Gardens, uh, went to Warm Springs, Georgia, and then down to Pine Mountain to Callaway Gardens and did the Fantasy and Light stuff, and that was awesome. And then, uh, yeah, sports-wise, just a lot of stuff going on. Uh, disappointing loss for Auburn basketball that we're going to get into a lot. Uh, very interesting week of NFL games. Uh, oh a lot my of gosh, NFL lo- was insane. It was weekend. insane. Uh, you know, uh, college bowl games going on right now. I mean, we're we're all in kind of the small ones, but there's still ones to talk about. Uh, Florida, in particular, when you start looking at the SEC, I mean, there was a, I, I there was like a video of uh, one of the plays where like Florida wasn't even trying. It's like their defensive end. It looked he looked like he was playing in one of the old Pro Bowl games. Florida mm. lost thirty to three in 30, their yeah. bowl game against Oregon State and kicked the field and kicked yeah. the field goal late yeah. to uh, to prevent themselves from getting the shutout. Uh, the shutout. Mm. But but there was like one particular play, like the defensive end came off the ball, and it literally looked like he was playing in one of the old Pro Bowl games where you would see the lineman just kind of that's a worst of the weekend would, candidate, kind of right sort of just you know yeah. patty cake with each other. I mean the guy just had no. He had no uh, lackadaisical play, yeah. no drive. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just like he just didn't care. So, uh, but uh, some other bowl games going on that were good. UAB got a win, Troy got a win. So the Alabama guys uh, kicked off the bowl season with with wins, and so that was nice to see. And yeah, just a lot of other stuff going on. Cam, how are you? 
Good. Um, enjoyed just a good relaxing weekend. Just enjoyed a lot of sports, a lot of NFL football. Uh, like I said, I mean, NFL was just was on crack this weekend. I feel <laughs> like it was crazy. Just and, so many good games. And you're sitting in the studio sporting the Falcons yeah, gear. You always. still still represent the ATL even always. though uh, it was not a good weekend. Yeah, I mean, tough loss from the Falcons. But I liked what I saw from Desmond Ritter, honestly, uh, overall. You know, uh, threw the ball 50 you know, for fifty uh, percent of his um, completions, he didn't, you know, didn't do too bad. Um, I liked that we ran the ball really well. Defense still struggled. We lost our defensive coordinator because of a collision that happened before. That the was game. wild. So that w- that was the DC that got yeah, carted off. See, I saw that. I had forgotten about it until you just mentioned it, and yeah. uh, I saw like a press box shot or video, and they were. They all at that time there was like some they were like some staffer just got carted off the field but we don't know who it was. Yeah, it was the defensive coordinator. So that's uh he he was in the hospital, so we had an interim DC, so that was pretty tough. But um, you know, I mean the defense was probably gonna struggle either way, but they didn't do too awful. Play calling was eh, but um overall tough loss. Uh had a chance really to get down there and win it. Drake Drake uh Drake London fumbles the ball. That's really just the tough thing is is we converted the fourth and five and with 231 left and uh drake doesn't really do well in protecting the ball should know you know situationally that they're going to go for the ball there they're going to really try and strip it and and they did um and uh yeah that that effectively killed our drive and, and cost uh the falcons the game but we'll see uh, as as these last three weeks progress on and um yeah just, More football uh, left yeah, to be played, sol- for sure. A solid weekend, and um, we'll talk about Auburn basketball you know, in a minute. Yeah, let's do that. Let's Auburn basketball, 74-71, the final score against USC uh, yesterday afternoon, a Sunday afternoon game for the Tigers. It tipped at 4.30 Central time, uh, and they fell by three points. Back in fourth game, Auburn had uh, leads from time, and then they had to make comebacks at different points in the game, but ultimately fall three points short in their loss against the Trojans. What'd you see yesterday, Tom? Turnovers. <laughs> That's what I saw. I saw a lot of turnovers. Yeah. They, especially in the the first half was bad enough, but then in the second half, I, and that's what was so rough about that. Auburn, Auburn did not play. Uh, they didn't play well. They didn't really play bad. They didn't play they didn't well play in the style. first half. Yeah, yeah it, they uh, didn't play their style of basketball. Right. Well, Southern Cal t- did a lot to take that away. Uh, they they did they they did a good bit to take that away. But the problem was, uh, you found yourself behind. You had turnover problems in the first half. But then Auburn went on a run right there before halftime and and took the lead and really felt like they took the momentum into the locker room. And then in the second half. The turnovers just started piling up, and at one point, Auburn had just as many turnovers as they had points, and at twelve. Yeah. Uh, and then the officials—I don't want to blame a lot of that on the official, but some started. Uh, they, they got really—they got really soft. Yeah. Well, they—they they they started calling some, some very soft stuff. Uh, things yeah, that were letting things foul that were going. Discrepancy at the for yeah. the second half was just night I, and day. I, I'm not one that. I'm not one that likes to point blame at the officials. That was an issue, the foul discrepancy. The thing that I don't like is that the the officials were inconsistent because a lot of the stuff that guys were getting away with in the first half, they started calling fouls on in the second half. And so you completely lose consistency. 
and style of play when all of a sudden stuff that you were doing in the first half that were fine with contact and just different things like that, all of a sudden they become these very just soft fouls. That yeah, you're I, like, what in the world? And then you got a bunch of dudes in foul trouble. KD was in foul trouble. I mean, it seemed like the whole team was in foul trouble. But ultimately, Auburn shot themselves in the foot so many times in that game. Uh, 23 total turnovers. Uh, and and I went 14 of them in the second half, I think it was. Yeah. But uh, and and a lot of those turnovers were self inflicted. They they were uh, drive to the hole. You've seen it a lot where Auburn would like to drive in and and kind of blind pass and kick it out to three. Well, there were several times they would do that, but there was nobody there, and so they would just chuck the ball into the bench or the stands. And it's like okay, you know, either somebody is supposed to be there or they're just getting reckless. You had a lot of reckless offensive fouls that called calls turnovers, and then you just had the reckless passes into lanes and just not controlling the ball. Just very, very sloppy. To their credit, though, they could have folded up shop, especially you know Southern Cal got on their run and got the lead and really looked like they are about to put it away, but then Auburn just kept fighting and fighting and fighting, and ultimately they had a chance right there at the end to uh, get that thing to overtime. Yeah. And, and I thought it was done. I honest, I'm telling you, I turned the TV off. Uh, I think... I want to say it was right through the end. I think Southern Cal went up by like six, and Auburn was having to foul. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all they right. won the foul game, actually, uh, at that point. Yeah. yeah. I, I went ahead and turned it off and and then just kind of scrolling through Twitter like right after that. It was like all of a sudden it was a one-point game or something, or two-point game. Yeah. Like, what in the world? Two-point game. They were, they were really close but to being able to They They fought. They, you know, so you got to give them credit there, but you got to fix the turnovers. That that's You, you cannot – you cannot self-inflict that many wounds on yourself and survive, especially when you're in a hostile environment and you're that far away from home. I mean, it, it, it does make a difference when you're that far away. It just it feels different. Um, but you're you're in a you're in a brand new gym. You're in a hostile environment. You're far far away from home. You you just you're not going to survive when you have that many self-inflicted wounds. Yeah. Um- they they struggled obviously I and they were in the game they had chances to really kind of blow doors open continue to um you know run away with it they just couldn't um I personally felt like the decision from the jump to play Wendell Green Jr. was not a good move I just I don't think he should have played honestly I think he should have just sat the game out and we should have just divvied the minutes up a different way I bet you in hindsight, uh, and, and, Bruce kind of. I don't think he should. I thought I don't think he should have played because I, I saw I saw him fall. I saw the injury. I was sitting mm-hmm. ten feet away. He could not put any weight on his ankle when he hurt himself. That doesn't in just in a, in the short amount of time from um I, I guess what is it from from Wednesday to Saturday. Right. That just doesn't it just doesn't heal that fast. It no. just doesn't happen. Um. If you have especially what they call a sprain, if yeah, I mean, especially somebody that moves the way that Wendell moves, it just it's not it was not beneficial, and it ended up costing the team in some in in those twelve minutes. He turned the ball over three times. You know, he got to the foul line, but he wasn't shooting his normal shots. He wasn't taking the normal shots that he takes. He wasn't near as aggressive as he usually is. Um, you know, he passed the ball all right. He had two assists, but it wasn't great, and it ended up kind of forcing. 
because Trey Donaldson got in foul trouble, obviously we want to work on that with him, but he played great defense, great defense. Yeah. He was great. Uh, I mean, shot the ball well. I think he facilitated well, um, and I, I, he is a defensive dog. Um, and overall, that I felt like he is building upon um, his Georgia State game, and I think he'll continue to get minutes, and I think he'll be the 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 PG two going forward, which I like. Um, we just kind of. Janai, I felt like he played fine. Uh, the refs were kind of not in his favor sometimes. Um, I mean, 16 points, though, that's, you know, I can work. 16 points, 8 oh. rebounds, I can work with that. Like, shoot, shoot. Yeah, keep, keep going. Uh, obviously, you want to stay out of the foul trouble, but, you know, that's where the referees kind of come into play and the, the ticky-tack fouls and different things like that. Um, just overall... I think KD struggled. Obviously, he didn't, I was going to mention five him. from the field and six turnovers, six points, yeah. all coming from the free throw line. But with him, he was he was trying. He was not playing his game. KD was not playing his game. I will. I just watching in general. He wasn't shooting the shots that he'd normally shoot. Um, he he was hesitating on those, uh, and he was trying to drive and kick, and that works sometimes. But for him, he he's a scorer you know he's he's a he's not a facilitator he is a get the bucket get the basket type of type of player um and so for him to to struggle um with trying to pass the ball and trying to force it sometimes to pass the ball when he should have just scored there were a couple times where you know he'll shoot that transition three and it'll go in you know and so i i'm looking at him like shoot the ball man that's your thing we need points here and i know he's trying to make the right and smart decisions but that's just not him um you know having only only trey and and janai and double figures also jalen williams didn't get enough shots he's so efficient 27 minutes and only takes five shots like he's so efficient such a good uh player overall and they couldn't match up with him i i feel like he should have gotten the ball more um so i auburn just didn't run run their offense through their best players uh through the entire time uh i think now we're seeing like not having wendell out there to really facilitate um have that decision maker that can decide where the ball is going that's something that's impacted i mean tenfold i mean only yeah. 15 assists right yep. um and you know that's that's not bad i will say because flanagan had a good five five assists and um and donaldson excuse me uh and katie did have four so a four to six assist to turnover ratio but that's still not great obviously you want to have that way down um and i, I think flanagan he could have put up a few more shots himself honestly um just he started off playing pretty well and i think he could have built upon that but you know i think they were just trying to figure out how to navigate not having wendell uh to make the decision and to really pass the ball around and i I think that kind of impacted the game and the mindset of how uh how players wanted to attack right so that that's that's just kind of what i took away from it i don't like i said i don't think wendell should have played um i think you should have just started donaldson and just let him go from there uh and and see see how that works out because like is it i mean he plays great deal or even let you know flanagan start somebody else just a, you know a different guard but i think it should have been trey donaldson just because he is a a good number one point a good point guard behind uh green green and so that's just that's how i yeah. how, how i see it uh just they shot well from three they they shot 34 percent from three like, sure. i'll take 
I'll take that. As bad as this team. 34.8%, I yeah. will take that. They shot 23 threes, made eight. I'll take 34% from three. I, I As bad as that team normally shoots threes, I will take that. It was really this the foul trouble. Sure. It, it was the foul trouble. Uh, the other thing, you know, I, I mentioned, I said that Southern Cal did a lot to kind of take Auburn out of their game. All right, so where I'm saying that is this Auburn team and, and really just Bruce Pearl's teams as a whole – are not very good half court offense type teams. Yeah, they they've they, it they in the fast break. They yeah they they are they are run and shoot. They're very loose. Um, a lot of people, you know, the negative connotation is like hey, they look like they're playing street ball. What's well, kind of the style that they have? They they are they're not very, very good. Very free flowing offense. Sure, very free flowing. They're not very good in a set half-court offense they are running gun they're going to force turnovers get fast breaks and things well you look at it, Auburn only scored 13 points off of fast breaks so and they got 18 points off of turnovers normally for Auburn those numbers are going to be a lot higher than that because that's what they do they right. force turnovers right. and they get the easy buckets so, Southern, Southern Cal did a good job on especially uh in the second half of pressing Auburn off the uh, inbound and and forcing Auburn to slow things down and forcing them into that half court offense where they're not very good, so you got to credit them uh, for what they did. And uh, we haven't even mentioned their stats. You know, Boogie Ellis for uh, Southern Cal with twenty eight points. Uh, Dude, Boogie Ellis uh, went off. Yeah, you know, and you, that Auburn to, had trouble stopping him. If and you're able to limit points. him, then you know you probably win the game. Yeah. But he he. Put on a clinic, got, especially they had three, in the first half. Yeah, they had three and double figures. Uh, Joshua Morgan with 10, Kobe Johnson with 10, and then Boogie Ellis, as I mentioned, with 28 points. So, uh, tough loss for Auburn. Uh, they, Like I said, they stuck around, but too many self-inflicted wounds yeah. to survive that one. Second loss of the year for the Auburn Tigers. They're back in action on Wednesday. Your phone calls are next here on Tiger 95.9 FM. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studios today with Tom Peavy and Cam Berry. All of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, 334-887-3401. If you want to call in and be a part of the show... As we're excited to be able to go to our phone lines for the first time during today's program. And joining us on the show, we've got... James from Montgomery. James has called into the program here today. Hello, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I was actually watching that game on Sunday. Uh, and, uh, I had it, you know, I had the game on my phone. So I was like, you know, I, I was betting on the game and I knew Auburn was going to make a comeback, but... In the second half of that game, it was just all USC from there. It was just South California all, all through the way through the second, second half of that game as well. But I think 
Auburn will make a bounce back this coming up Wednesday when they play Washington as well. They're going to need to bounce back. You never want to see a two-game losing streak take place. So, yeah, Auburn's absolutely going to need to bounce back in this one. Yeah, they really do because with uh, Walker Kessler, I mean, he he should, you know, practice his shots more, you know, get into the uh, practice facility before the games on Wednesday and and practice on, you know. Remember, Walker Kessler plays in the NBA. He's not on the team anymore. Who were you thinking of? Who were you thinking of? Oh, my gosh. Janai? Yes, yes, thank you. Janai. Janai Broom? Yes, yes. I'm trying to get the guys' names. Um, they are new to the team now, so I do apologize on, all good. on yeah. that. Denia Broom, that's what I was trying to think of. I was. Yeah, and you know, Auburn wants to see Wendell Green Jr. back healthy. Yeah, so if he gets back uh, 100%, if uh, Green gets back 100%, I think we might make a good uh, turnaround this coming up Wednesday, and I think this one is going to be a really good matchup because I think we never played – Auburn has never played Washington, so I'm just going to look at the highlights from that or the history between Auburn and Washington to see um, when was the last time that Auburn actually played. They they have played before. Washington actually came to play at what was – Auburn Arena at the time. Oh, okay. It wasn't Neville Arena yet, but they played a few seasons ago on a Friday night. Uh, it was a Friday okay. before a Saturday game um, that uh, they have played before. Okay, so this will be like their their fourth time actually playing uh, against Washington. As no, well. just the second time. They've only played twice. Oh, okay. uh, the last time was on November 9th, Friday, November 9th, 2018, and Auburn won at home by 22 points. Okay, so I think this time around, this is our second time, so this will be uh, part two That's of right. part one of uh, of the Auburn-Washington uh, movie series as well. So I think Auburn will take the second series, and this one will actually be 78-67. to 67. Okay. So it'll be, a close, it'll be a close call. Auburn will win for, by 11 points. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think if uh, if Green gets healthy and um, Broome actually sweeps this game under the rug, I think we might have Washington beat by 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 a slim chance on this one as well. And it's quite possible. With, with me actually uh, betting this game, I have Auburn as a as a uh, point spread, a seventy uh, a seven a seventy one point favorite uh, win advantage as well. Yeah, I think you're combining a couple of things there. So you're giving Auburn a 71% chance to win. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you're favoring Auburn by how many points? By, um, like, starting out by 12. Okay, very good. Very good. What else is on your mind? Well, I'm actually going to be watching um, the Monday night football game and seeing if Aaron Rodgers is going to win at home in Green Bay, so I think this is going to test Aaron Rodgers' uh, quarterback uh, uh, skills and ability because I know know that, you know, this is the playoffs and it's close to the Super Bowl, so I think Aaron Rodgers might get a win out of this. So I'm pretty sure this is going to be a good game 
for Green Bay to actually win as well and clinch their NFC uh, their NFC spot as well. So they're looking yeah, a not little... quite in the playoff contention right now because the Vikings on on Saturday, you know, they played a Saturday game. They clinched that NFC North division, but I think a lot of pride is on the line, and you never want to lose. So it's a good chance for the Packers to pick up a win here. Yes, as well. So it, it's going to be kind of hard for the Packers to actually get a win, but I think Aaron Rodgers might pull it out as well. What else do you think about the football action we saw in the NFL over the weekend? Um, I'm very disappointed on my Cowboys, and uh, I was I was right there rooting rooting all the way for them to get a win, but it just it wasn't just didn't our happen. week to. It just didn't happen, but we still have a chance. So we clinched the playoff spot. So we're looking at maybe next week, next weekend, uh, we'll be have we have to go and play uh, New York and Washington and Philadelphia. So those are our three games left in our season. So I just have to see what Dak Prescott is going to prove. Yeah, and the Eagles might be without Jalen Hurts. We're now learning with the sprained shoulder. So that would be a big advantage for the Cowboys if they had to play the Eagles and Jalen Hurts was not available to play. Yeah, so if uh, Jalen Hurts wouldn't be able to play, I think that would be an easy an easy win for the Cowboys to actually walk in, um, you know, to walk in their stadium and, you know, walk out with a big win as well and seeing if we're going to make it to the playoffs. I mean, see if we're going to make it to the Super Bowl as well. And for my Super Bowl picks, I would have to say I would like to see um, Dallas meet up with Minnesota Vikings in the Super Bowl as well. That, yeah. that would be a really, really good uh, matchup as it, well. Except for the fact that there are two NFC teams. Remember, two NFC teams can't play. They would have to play in the NFC Championship game. You can't have both the Falcon or you can't have both the Vikings and the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Okay. So they'll have to play in the um, NFC championship game. In the NFC championship game. And then for the Super Bowl, I will have to say um, my Cowboys will play against uh, Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City There you City go. That could work. For, for the Super Bowl because I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan and my nephew, he's a Kansas City Chiefs fan. So I think that would be a really good uh, matchup to see. You know, to see my team and his team actually meet up in Glendale, Arizona. Bragging and rights it, would be on the line. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing uh, Dak Prescott hold up the Lombardi, the Vince Lombardi Trophy, and that will that will crush all his dreams as well. Any other thoughts? Um, actually, I do have uh, some more thoughts about the Auburn football teams. I've been seeing a lot of commits that are coming to Auburn in 2023 as well. So I'm, I'm looking at a, a good 2023 Auburn Tigers football team that's going to be coming in uh, next year and uh, seeing who's going to be our new quarterback as well. That's a big question. We'll see if Robbie Ashford holds on to the job or if another quarterback's going to land with the Auburn Tigers. We shall wait and see. Yes, as well. And then I've been seeing a lot of different things that Hugh Freeze is actually putting a good uh, team together for for the Auburn uh, football program uh, next year. So I think it's going to look really good as well. I do too. I'm really excited for Auburn football in 2023. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, do you all know by any chance when they're going to have like uh, the brand new um, – practice facility for the football team open to the public so I can actually you know take a tour of that 
Yeah, they had open house a few weeks ago. I don't know when the next time they'll have tours <clears throat> available. They haven't yet decided. I would imagine maybe closer to the spring uh, or maybe even the summertime, but nothing official uh, yet. Okay, because I would love to, you know, take a, a, a huge uh, look into that new sure. facility as well. And it looks really amazing as well. There you go. There you go. Any final thoughts? Um, I don't have any final thoughts, but I'm just going to, you know, see what Auburn is going to do on Wednesday. Big day coming up on Wednesday with signing day, that's for sure. All right, James, thanks for the call today, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Sound good? All right. Yeah, sounds good. And War Eagle. War Eagle. There's our good pal James from Montgomery joining us here on Sports Call. 334-887-3401. Let's move forward with our show. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports are brought to you by our friends at Max Credit Union, the proud presenting sponsor of Birthdays in Sports. Uh, They've got two locations in the area to help you, one in Auburn on Gay Street and one in Opelika on Frederick Road. Birthdays in Sports, December 19th, 2022. Let's give some birthday shout-outs here. Let's do it. How about Jake Plummer? The former NFL quarterback who was selected 42nd overall in the 1997 NFL Draft by the Arizona Cardinals out of Arizona State. He was a member of the All-Rookie Team, also played for the Broncos at Arizona State. He was the 1996 Pac-10 Offensive Player of the Year, a first-team All-American, and he is a member of the College Football Hall of Fame. Turning 48 years old today is Jake Plummer. Yep. Hey, I- I got had an amazing college career. Thought that he was going to be one of the next big things in the NFL, and that just didn't really ever pan out for him. But an amazing college career. Yeah, anytime you're a college football Hall of Famer, I think you've done something right. Yeah. So kudos to Jake Plummer there. Uh, Tory Craig is turning 32. A current small forward for the Phoenix Suns went undrafted in the 2014 NBA draft out of USC Upstate and went overseas to play in the National Basketball League in Australia and New Zealand until signing a contract with the Nuggets in 2017. He also played for the Milwaukee Bucks and Indiana Pacers, uh, a 2017 NBL Defensive Player of the Year. He was three-time first-team All-Atlantic Sun and also a 2011 Atlantic Sun Freshman of the Year. Torrey Craig is 32 years old today. Big defense guy. I didn't know he'd bounced around like that when I was doing my research. I didn't know thought he'd spend his entire career in the uh, NBA. So he had to really work you for You never it. know, you know, just, as long as you continue to put in the work. Good things happen. Yeah. Uh, Kevin McHale is turning 65 years old, the former power forward for the Boston Celtics, selected third overall in the 1980 NBA draft by the Celtics out of Minnesota, three-time NBA champion, two-time NBA All-Star, two-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year award winner, member of the NBA's 50th and 75th anniversary teams, has his number 32 jersey retired by the Celtics, a number four jersey retired by the Golden Gophers of Minnesota, and he's a member of the College and Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. Kevin McHale, 65. Yeah. Uh, he, he came from the era of basketball that I like. That uh, He was a tough SOB. Yeah. And that came from a, an era of NBA basketball where you had to be a tough SOB to play. Because, to get the job done. Well, I mean, they would just absolutely physically abuse you. And just he was one of those that could get in there and rock and roll. He was on some great, great Celtics teams with some great players around him. But, uh, uh, you know, Mikel, me growing up, Mikel was always one that I remember uh, on those old yeah. Celtics teams playing in the old Boston Garden on the parquet floor. Larry Bird and 
Larry Bird, yeah. Robert Parrish. I mean, Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, Dennis really, Johnson, really, Kevin really McHale. good teams. No yeah, doubt. Some really, really good. 65 years old today, Kevin McHale. Mo Williams is 40 years old. Mo Williams is a former NBA point guard, and currently he is the head coach of the Jackson State Tigers on the basketball floor. Uh, selected 47th overall in the 2003 NBA draft by the Utah Jazz out of Alabama. He played for the Crimson Tide, where he was the 2002 SEC Freshman of the Year. He played in the NBA for the Bucks, Cavs, Clippers, Blazers, Timberwolves, and Hornets. He was a 2016 NBA champion with the Cleveland Cavaliers and a one-time All-Star. Mo Williams turns 40 years old. Pretty cool that this past year they had Deion Sanders and Mo Williams as their uh, basketball and football coaches. Yep. No more, no more Dion. No more Dion. Uh, Rafael Soriano is turning 43. Former MLB pitcher. Played for the Mariners, Braves, Rays, Yankees, Nationals, and Cubs. A one-time All-Star. A 2010 Rollins Relief Man of the Year. And he led the Major Leagues with saves in 2010 as well. A really good closer for the Braves in the mid-2000s. Rafael Soriano turns 43 years old. Kareem Benzema turns 35, a French professional soccer player who was a striker for the La Liga club Real Madrid and the French national team. Regarded as one of the best strikers of all time, he is Real Madrid's all-time second-highest goal scorer and top assist provider. 23 trophies with Real Madrid, including four La Liga titles, two Copa del Rey, and five UEFA Champions League titles. Kareem Benzema is 35 years old. And then finally, we do want to make sure we give a uh, Sports Call happy birthday shout-out to a former uh, friend of the program. He's been on the show a number of different times. Corey Grant, a former uh, running back for the Auburn Tigers. An NFL career. He played a few games with the Thunder Chickens. I mean, this guy is as elite as it gets. Happy birthday uh, to our buddy Corey Grant. So Jake Plummer, Torrey Craig, Kevin McHale, Mo Williams, Rafael Soriano, Kareem Benzema, Corey Grant, all those folks are celebrating their birthdays. Again, that's Birthdays in Sports, brought to you by our friends at Max Credit Union. Let's take a timeout. Sports Call continues in a moment. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call Podcast. Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Cam Berry. The Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. All right. 
Good stuff so far. We got to talk about the Sauber men's basketball team. Signing day coming up on Wednesday and tons of momentum right now, it seems, for Hugh Freeze and this Auburn football staff. So, with that being said, let's uh, go back to the phone lines. 334-887-3401. Next caller due up. Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve is here with us on Sports Call today. Hi, Steve. Hello, Mr. JJ. Yes. It's Tom Peavy, Mr. Hello. Cam Barrett. Hello, hello. Okay, hey, are we still a basketball program? Absolutely. Not giving up hope well, yet. Marty, <laughs> i got to tell you this, guys. Uh, I thought I was overdone with, you know, cursing and profanities <laughs> and getting his butt, you know. Uh, but that was that was torturous watching that game. Uh, I even turned it off for so maybe I'll, I'll have some, you know, magical effect, you know. And I went back. We actually did better when I turned it off. And then, you know what broke loose? Uh, you already said some of this stuff. 23 turnovers. Yeah. Now, what gets me is this. 14 of those turnovers occurred in the second half. Yep. Yep. And 12, okay. of, them, 12 of them really early in the half. Well, how about this one? Seven of those turnovers occurred in a span of three, I think, three and a half minutes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah. I've they, had a rough, rough. Start to the second. Yeah, the half. second half was a, the second half was about as brutal as you could ask for. And uh, to make it even more, uh, I mean, these unforced errors, you know, is just inexcusable. Uh, and I, I saw the, the guys just didn't seem very confident. Guys, they would look around and stand around again, and they uh, uh, several a number of cases I saw Broom like he didn't know who to give it to, or he would hang on the ball, and they, then they'd knock it out of his uh, hands. Of course. Amazingly, uh, the rust didn't help us any. Uh, you know, we had 10 more fouls than USC did. Yep. Okay. Yeah, now, a lot of guys in uh, foul trouble. I mean, it almost looks like, like times that, you know, I, I, I was, my daughter was watching and said, said, I hope, you know, none of our players just, you know, breeze by a USC player because that will be a foul. Yeah. Breathe on them, foul. I mean, Especially was, the second half, they they got the really half, they really clamped down. They clamped down. They got really ticky tack and and soft. And in the first half, they were letting those guys play. They were letting them bang around and get physical. And then all of a sudden, in the second half, they're like, "Yeah, we're just gonna completely switch the style of our officiating and now start calling all these little soft fouls." And from what I read, some of these same officials officiated the Tennessee game, and I saw part of that game looked like they did not want Tennessee to win. Yeah, that they uh, Tennessee did have that uh, that problem against Arizona uh, the I think the night before. Um, yeah, I mean, officiating well, yeah. crew. Yeah, for the I, Washington game. I I doubt I doubt it. I doubt it'll be the same one. Yeah, and Stephen, I'm going to say this. I I said it earlier in my opening little monologue deal. I'm not one that likes to place uh, a lot of blame on officiating. Now, if they just blatantly miss a call that affects the game, sure. Auburn shot themselves in the foot, and so you have to blame Auburn for this. However, however, the fact that the officiating crew seemed to change their style of the way they were going to call the game, you can't do that. And so if I'm going to blame, I'm going to blame them not for calling Auburn for a bunch of fouls. I'm going to blame them for being inconsistent. You can't, you can't allow physicality in the first half and then turn around in the second half and start calling things fouls that you are letting go in the first half. As an officiating crew, you just can't do that. You have to be consistent. And they were not. 
that 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 crew was wildly inconsistent with what they would call fouls and what they would let people get away with between the first and the second half. And I think that affected Auburn's play because the things that Auburn was able to do in the first half. We couldn't do it. They couldn't do it in the second half because every time they would do it, they'd get called a foul. And those were not fouls in the first half. And all of a sudden, they're fouls in the second half. Uh, Two of the refs, um, two of the officials from the Tennessee-Arizona game were the same from from the Auburn game, by the way. That's what I read. I mean, there were another game which I said – Another foul. Uh, it happened against yeah. Broom. It happened against uh, Trey Dawson. Thank goodness for him. But he fouled out. Uh, what with about maybe five, six minutes left of the game? Uh, no, it wasn't that. I don't think it was that early. Um, no, no. I mean, I he had four fouls. He did have uh, four. He and, did have four fouls. Four fouls really quickly, and I think Bruce ended up having to sit him for a little bit. I think he fouled out with probably two-ish minutes left, maybe um, around around there. So not not that. So, moving on, guys. You know, uh, I was taken aback, and I heard the uh, the, the post you know, conference uh, comments uh, by Bruce Pearl on the radio show. Uh, I was struck by him saying, "Quote: Thought we played better tonight." Uh, gee, if that was what you call better, coach, uh, please, please, uh, let's don't get any better. Uh, in that I mean, respect. well, but from was, a shooting perspective, it was they better. did play better. They did. Well, they I know, 40. I know, guys. I know, but twenty-three turnovers. I mean that's ungodly. Right, but you don't have your starting point guard. Right, and 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 Wendell was not at a hundred percent, and so his decision. I told. Remember, we talked about this on Friday. I said not having Wendell is something that's gonna that's is something I'm worried about because of the decision making with when having the ball. And I mean that's exactly what happened. Twenty three turnovers. You don't you don't have your starting point guard who well, really I, runs your offense and facilitates things. And well, uh, you, excuse me uh, for interrupting here, but Cam, you know. I know Bruce is pretty savvy, and so is the rest of the coaching staff. Did they not have a backup practice plan for Wendell not maybe being able to play uh, for someone to you know to be in charge? I mean, maybe, maybe not. But he played twelve minutes, and so it seemed like he he was capable of playing, and it didn't uh, it didn't end up coming to fruition. That no, changes no, the that changes the entirety of the game. And again, Trey Donaldson, best performance yeah, as Trey, an Auburn Trey, Tiger. Uh, that that was a sort yeah. of a backup plan yeah, for him to be and there. Trey and he played, played very well. very well. He had a great game, and he he's the backup point guard. So he he did well enough. But you know, with he the is foul the backup trouble, plan. Yeah, and and with 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 him getting in foul trouble. Like that, and like I said earlier in the show, that's something he's going to have to work on. Uh, I still, I, I like his aggressive style of defense. Uh, it's just sometimes, obviously, he gets caught in a situation like that. Um, but and a couple of those fouls, I still don't agree with. But it, it is how the game shook out. He ended up with five fouls, and he and he fouled out. But he played a very good game. Only two turnovers. So I, I liked what I saw from him. Same here. Well, just moving quick, quick on. You know, I'm right now. I'm having serious. Uh, Concerns that will make the NCAA tournament if they continue uh, this kind of sloppy playing with the turnovers. But uh, I'm hoping Bruce knows how to turn it around. Well, and so I'm going to say a couple of things. I, I, yeah, um, I right now, just right now, this is not an NCAA tournament caliber team. Can they get there? I think so. If some of these guys, if Trey Donaldson keeps playing the way that he's been playing, if maybe. You get some of these new guys to step up, you know, a Treor or a Chance Westry. Some of the, get some of these guys kind of figure things out. I think Westry's out of the rotation, honestly. Well, yeah, but if you can get some of those guys to kind of figure some things out, 
then I think they could. But right now, as we talk here on December the 19th, no. But I, but, but, but I also want to say this. How big of a difference is this? And we can talk about this team all day long, but we're, we're sitting here gnashing our teeth and maybe not make the tournament and we're stressing out and we've got two losses. Yeah, they, they, it was it was not that long ago that we would get to this point in the season and already have six or seven losses, and you're just yeah. like, yeah, just I can't wait for this nightmare to be over with. We have gotten Bruce Pearl has gotten this program into a situation that we have had two losses and very close losses, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, we're terror freaking out, and we're so it's like, yeah, I, it's a pretty good position to be. It's a much better place to be. I mean, you only got good. two losses, and two losses. But it's is, good that we have these expectations. Yeah, oh, I absolutely. Uh, the the bar has been raised, uh, so maybe yeah. we've spoiled. But that's what I'm looking. We for. have been Five. spoiled. We have absolutely two been losses spoiled. in basketball is not as bad as two losses in football. I'll also say that much. Yeah. So I'll it's, say one thing: we got a work cut out for us when we play Bama because I saw them play. Oh, they're good. Ragnar. They're very good. They, yeah. Now they Brandon now Miller, they now they did just. Brandon Miller is a, is a, is a, he's a he's, he's a, a real he's a real deal, but very one player heavy. But Bama but, Bama just got beat by double digits. Yeah, they they still lost to Gonzaga. So at the end of the day that performance didn't catapult them to a win or anything like that yep. uh brandon miller right. had his 36 but other one than minute that, left in the hour one minute left in the hour steve lightning round uh heck of a uh, uh the soccer championship i watched it uh, the shootout uh I-, I loved argentina winning but that was that was thrilling phenomenal game phenomenal the, game that was the yeah. miraculous raiders uh doing what they did uh that was hilarious yeah and then i had turned it off uh, in fact, when it was 33 to nothing, I said, this game's over with. I come back on my ESPN app. I said, what? Overtime? I said, how'd that happen, right? That's yeah. right. Yeah, what a horrific it, it, comeback that uh, that the Colts allowed. Yeah, Matt, Matt Ryan's seen that before. <laughs> and all I know is, gee, I had flashbacks of our 28-3 to lead, but this is the NFL. How's the NFL, you know, how's the team let the other team who hadn't scored a crap until the, maybe, what, mid Midpoint of third uh, quarter or fourth quarter? Yeah, uh, third quarter. Uh, how do you do that? They let 33 points be scored on. Uh, that was in, that was incredible. And then I saw Roger McCreary do what he did. That was a yeah, heck, that was awesome. heck of a play by Roger. Taking the pass in the, uh, out of the end zone and, and throwing it back to another receiver in the end zone. Yeah. Pretty remarkable. So that, was, that was awesome right, play. Good stuff Thank today, Steve. I enjoyed it. Uh, talk with you guys tomorrow. But until then, it's War Eagle, no matter what anybody else says to you. War Eagle, thanks for the call today, Steve. That's Retired War Damn Steve joining us here on the program, and that brings the first hour of our show to a close. We've got more coming your way in the second hour of the program today. Alongside Tom Peavy and Cam Berry, my name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. 
You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. My name is JJ Jackson, hosting this show, and I've got uh, Tom Peavy and Cam Beery here with me inside our studios. Coming up in a half hour. We will be joined by our good buddy Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers to talk about the weekend that was for Auburn football, preview what to expect with signing day, talk a little bit about this Auburn men's basketball team and more coming your way in about a half hour. We'll have our best and worst of the week, Glenn, a nightly TV guide. Uh, We've got a lot to do here in the next two hours of the program, fellas. What we haven't done was deep dive as much into sort of the recruiting momentum that Auburn football received after this past weekend. Tom, so many visitors here on campus, some visitors that weren't even expected to be here. And they just said, you know what? Seems like it's a party at Auburn. Let me go see what it's all about. And now we've got commitments as well for this Auburn football staff. So here's my thing with this. And yes, you've gotten some commitments. You've gotten some flips. You've gotten some in the transfer portal. You have seen all of this happen in a short period of time. And as an Auburn fan, you have to sit there and then look at the Brian Harson staff and go, what the, hell, what, what the hell were y'all doing for two years? Nothing. I mean, I mean the if bare you, mi- not even the bare minimum. I, I mean, seriously. expected if, of an SEC program. If Hugh Freeze can come in here and in this short a period of time start making this much of an immediate impact on recruiting. We knew the man knew what he was doing. What was what in the absolute hell was Brian Harson and that staff doing? To to not be able to do anything. And I mean this is just this is night and day. Yep. And Auburn's not done. Nope. At all. Nah. Not even close to being done. No sir. So I man, and it feels good. It, it just it feels good to see a staff in here that actually enjoys recruiting can get out there make an impact in recruiting and and, and getting getting such areas of need I, I mean they're getting offensive linemen you're looking at the possibility of getting two of the top four juco offensive linemen coming in here so that's immediate impact transfer guys coming in uh i i think the the one area that is kind of interesting was more of a guy that was not here, and that was Grayson McCall. And I think a lot of people really kind of targeted him. This right is the co- the quarterback from uh, Coastal Carolina. I think everybody thought that that was going to be Auburn's main quarterback target. Shoot. They want Devin Leary. But now, they said well, they're going for the number one guy. Yeah, so now it looks like Devin Leary might be that guy. Now, the Grayson McCall thing, and people are asking what happened. So it, it was about uh, – 
a transcript thing yeah, or transcript grade thing, um, and it it sounds like just for me reading between the lines. And now I've noticed it. I saw the, uh, earlier today that uh, it sounds like Grayson McCall might be more towards Florida. Florida, and uh, the the speculation there is that uh, whatever wherever his major was, yeah, Auburn did that. Have Auburn it. doesn't offer that, and so he may be going to a school like Florida that actually offers uh, sports management. I think is. If I'm not, oh really? It's something That's like that. That's what he's going for. I think so. I, I unless I read that it's interesting wrong. Interesting that Auburn doesn't have that. Yeah, sports but management. but that was kind of the there's. Yeah, I mean, not every school has sports management. Sure, it's crazy. Um, but now Devin Leary, though, the number one quarterback in the portal coming out of NC State. Now, uh, he had a two years ago. He had a great season. This past year was that very short year. because he had a torn uh, pectoral muscle yep. that that held him out. But I mean, he is a great quarterback. He yeah. he has shown that he could be a great quarterback. Um, and there's another guy uh, in the transfer portal as an offensive lineman that could potentially maybe follow him here if he comes here. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it sounds like Leary kind of is probably their their QB that they're looking at. And I will say this again: I said it about Grayson McCall last week when it looked like he was the main target. I like Robbie Ashford. I don't have any. I don't have any qualms with oh. Robbie Ashford. However, I personally don't think that Robbie Ashford is. I don't want to say he's not an SEC caliber quarterback. He no, has shown he, that he, he can. can he, he's shown that he can be. But when you have the opportunity to bring a guy in who is a surefire QB one. They can especially affect the passing game, which is right. that's where Robbie's going to struggle. Robbie right. now, Robbie can run because he and, Rob, and you might be able to keep Robbie around just to have those packages where he can run. Sure, and that may I mean he he's smart when it comes to running run absolutely. the ball. It just is what it is. But you got to um, have more. You got to have gotta more. more. Yeah, got to be able to have a passing game, and that's where that is an area of need that Auburn was going to need to fill is to get a competent. QB to come in here that can take over from day one and give you that passing. Yeah. And Leary can do that because right now uh, Calzada is not in the picture. Finley is not in the picture. It's Robbie Ashford. You still got Holden Garner. Yeah. And it was a true freshman last year, but right. you know, I don't know how he's fitting into they what's like going on. They like him apparently. Yeah, so they like him and Robbie. So I mean, but but the way if you, I but see if you it, can bring but if you can bring right. in a veteran you and can, experienced veteran guy, right? And the other thing that I like and about it's not like his it, Robbie's eligibility is done, sure. right? So he could still come back the very next year and still be the starter if he improves on that sure. throwing ability. And, and you hope and that, build off that running and and, and, and hopefully go from Hugh Freeze, yeah, and hopefully Hugh Freeze in that group can. Right, teach him and and mold him to get him to be exactly. more of Montgomery, that pat, yeah, more uh, of that pat, yeah. yeah I mean, they, you've got two guys, together. That, you've got two can, quarterback gurus that yeah. can get that done. Yep. Hopefully, they can help. But for the immediate, for the immediate, you need a guy that come that can come in here that you know can throw the ball yeah, all around. Quarterback Leary is a guy that can do that. He's shown he can do that. Now, the other thing that I like about Leary over Grayson McCall, I think McCall fits more. He's more of that prototypical Hugh Freeze quarterback. Leary kind of is, but I, I'm not sure. Like I think Leary Grayson McCall, dimes. yeah, but I, th- I think McCall is more, uh, more of that prototypical Hugh Freeze type guy. But it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. So you got Leary. The thing I like about him is he has put up 
similar numbers and, and in some instances better than numbers than McCall, but he has also done it against better competition. Because let's just face it, while Grayson McCall has put up just insane numbers at Coastal Carolina, it's still Coastal Carolina, and, and you have to go through and look at their schedule and who they play on a weekly basis. A guy like Leary is going to have played against much higher competition at higher levels. So, you know, yeah, that, that favors Leary yeah, in, on that in, one. In and you just hope he's, you hope he's healthy. You hope – you hope a guy, especially an injury like that, a torn pectoral muscle. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, a had, major injury. He had plenty of time to uh, to get that to get that worked out and get that fixed. In in 2021, when he played a full season, Devin Leary completed 65 percent of his passes for 3,433 yards, uh, 35 touchdowns, five picks. Um, that's yeah, that's yeah, 157 solid. QBR. So I mean. Yeah, that's pretty freaking good. Uh, that's pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah, so you kind of want that. I'm not going to lie. And you can't pass that up. It's, I mean, a, a guy that could throw some dots, and you obviously you want to still look in the transfer portal for some wide receivers. Yep. Um, really, really want to get Ra Ra Thomas in here. Uh, I think Auburn has a really good chance of getting him. I think he, so, too. Uh, he posted with Cadillac, I think it was, and he also posted with Hugh Freeze. He posted those pictures on Twitter. Um, talking about you know my guy and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, uh, and you want you want to get because I mean I think JJ said it last week. You bring Ra Ra Thomas, in, uh, JJ or Ryan, Ra Ra Thomas. You bring him in here, and he's probably an immediate number one, yeah, number one receiver. And you need that. You need that bad. Um, and I, I mean that's that's all you can look for. And offensive ta- offensive line. Bringing in, got uh, we already have a few commits there, and then got another one this weekend. Um, I mean, three commits, you know, this weekend. That's that's great. Got a tight end who is apparently supposed to be um, Rivaldo pro, Fairweather, yeah, pro worthy Rivaldo yep. Fairweather. Um, that's big time, and and so keep it coming. You know, he's he's doing a great job with this recruiting. Um, landing Devin Leary would be huge, yep. and you want to keep that up. And we talked about offensive line. You've now got committed Braden Jordan, Clay Weldon, Tyler Johnson, and Connor Liu. You're looking at the two Juco guys, Isaiah Jada and Xavier um, uh, Miller, but then you're also looking at transfers of Mari Knight, Dylan Wade, Jordan Brown, Ben Scott, and Walter Rouse. So, I, I mean, they're filling the needs, and that's what you had to have. That's what you're looking and for. And again, go back to what we said at the beginning. This staff is doing this this quick. I, what in the world was Brian Harson and that group doing? Makes you wonder. Really, wow. really, really does make you wonder. I mean, that's just crazy. All right, let's go ahead and we'll take our, our next break here on the program. We're back with more Sports Call right after this. WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM. Follow us on tweeters. Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm J.J. Jackson with Tom Peavy and Cam Barry. Coming up at 4.30, our good pal Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers will stop by and be on the program with us to talk about everything going on in the wide world 
of Auburn sports, uh, particularly signing day. It's coming your way on Wednesday. And boy, Auburn's got a lot of momentum all of a sudden after this past weekend. They put in amazing work. You got to be proud of the job this staff did. The work that they were able to accomplish trying to put together a signing class. And, and Tom, you kind of mentioned it right when we're going to break. And that is the discourse right now on the interwebs, on social media, at the bar, conversations around the dinner table. What in the world was Coach Harson and his staff doing? What, how were they recruiting? What kind of an effort yeah. were they putting into this thing? Because, man, after weekends like they just had, War Eagle, like that yeah. that's a good staff that's being put together. Well, and yeah, they I mean they're 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 doing what they need to do and they're making it look easy and there's nothing easy about recruiting. I mean, when you're having to go head to head against the big dogs out there, it's not easy, but they seem to be making it easy and that's why it makes it look even worse for Brian Harson and that staff that it, Auburn's recruiting ranking has jumped all the way up to like 28. Yeah. If things keep going, Auburn's going to have a class that is in the top 25, maybe even in the top 15 if they get a lot of these guys that they're looking at because I mean there's some there's some high quality players that are still on the board for Auburn right now. But you're talking about a team that was around the Vanderbilt uh recruiting rankings. I mean they Very they tough. were that far back in the SEC. Way far back. That they were looking up at everybody and here in just two weekends worth they're already up to 28th and then and still with a lot left to go so kudos to Hugh Freeze kudos to all those guys kudos to our guy T. Reed over there putting in work work. jinx Um, they're getting it done but if you're going to be the coach at Auburn that's what is expected of you you're expected to make these kinds of impacts every single year uh, on the recruiting trail because that's how you keep up. That's how you don't fall behind. And that's how you don't let people start running away from you as a program. So, and, and they're doing all the right things like we talked about before the break. They're getting the the areas of need, the the desperate areas of need. Offensive line. We uh, we here on this show and and fans have been screaming and yelling even all the way back to the Gus Malzahn days. Like, why can you not recruit offensive linemen to come play here at Auburn? Hugh Freeze and that group, they're taking care of that. That's an immediate need. Wide receiver, immediate need, they're getting some guys. Quarterback, maybe not as much of it as an immediate need as those other areas, but still a need that you want to bring a guy in here yep. that you can think be a competition to the room. sure shot guy. It looks like you're doing that unless you strike out on 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 uh, on Leary, uh, Devin, Devin, Devin. Devin Leary. Leary. I keep want to say state De- transfer. I keep want to say Dennis Leary. I was like, no, Dennis Leary is the actor. Yeah. Devin Leary. Uh, you know, if he's the guy that you're going to go after. Then and you hope that you can get him number one, number one transfer quarterback. I mean that would be huge. So, yeah, the, these areas of immediate impact. You still got to do your high school thing. You got to get the guys in here that you can bring in as freshmen and develop yeah. them and do different things like that. And they're still going after those guys. And they're absolutely them. they are going after those guys. They're bringing guys in here on onto campus to visit that were not even on the board a few yeah. weeks ago. 
and all of a sudden Auburn's on the board with them. So you have to keep the high school thing going because that is the future of your program. But the immediate impacts from the transfer portal, immediate impacts from JUCO guys, guys, people that will most likely start from day one when they get here, they're going out and getting those guys. right. And right now the situation Auburn is in is that's the most important thing. You got to get the freshmen to develop. But if you're going to compete at a high level next year, you got to get immediate guys. Get some transfers. You got to get the transfers. Right you got to get the JUCOs because people are impatient. You can bring in some great high school guys and develop them, but if you're not bringing in immediate impact, then you're going to struggle next year and you'll even struggle a year after that. And how patient are people to have more losing seasons pile up? In the hopes that, well, maybe once we get these freshman classes in, well, that's that's all great. But you have to have immediate, and and they're doing that. And like I said, it doesn't kudos. look like they're – Absolutely kudos. I, I tip my hat to them. I applaud them, I, well, however you want to say it. And, again, they're not done. I mean, there's a lot of dudes on the board right now that still might be coming here. It's pretty awesome. So it, it feels good. Yeah. It, this is a lot better feeling than – sitting there the last couple of years where we're just kind of throwing our hands up and like you know we would literally have a signing period go by if you remember last year december signing day auburn didn't sign a single guy did yeah and you're like what in the world like what's going on it's like you almost have to try to be that bad yeah like you didn't sign anybody and you're sitting there desperately saying we have got to have offensive linemen you sign none you got none of that transfer portal. You got none from JUCO. You got none from high school. It's like you, th- you literally got none. I mean, what are we doing? So that's why fit- he lost his job. And, that's part of what, and that is part of the reason he lost his job. And, and, and folks out there that are not around Auburn can sit there and shake their fist at Auburn. And they're like, you made up some scandal and ran him off and blah. No, oh, you know what? He that did happen. That did happen, but but he also did not do well at he, what he was. Right, he didn't do himself any favors no, to get into not. the good graces of anybody around Auburn by not recruiting and not bringing guys in here. Hugh Freeze had done that from the get go, and that's what you had hoped to get uh, from whoever came in here, and that, that's why you went and got a guy like Hugh Freeze, who is a known recruiter, and you knew he was going to put some guys around him that are also known recruiters, and that's what he's done. So. Keep it going, man. It feels good. It feels um, feels like a huge weight lifted off of you. You know where they it it's just refreshing. It, yeah, because you just you just it, it was like a miserable weight that just you felt like you were kind of in the doldrums and there was no light at the end of the tunnel. It's like this is just going to be bad and stay bad because nothing is happening to make you feel good for the future. Right. Well, now it it's it's refreshing. It's like oh my gosh, we. Maybe Auburn isn't so bad. Maybe that maybe there are guys who actually do want to come here and play for the Auburn Tigers, and and it, it's taken Hugh Freeze and a new staff to kind of open that back up. And it's like, okay, here we go. Here we now go. we got now we kind of got the we got the wheels going in the right direction instead of just sitting stagnant. We're, we're moving in the right direction. Here we go. Let's get it done. Three three four eight eight seven three four zero one or toll free at one triple eight nine Tiger nine. If you want to call in and be a part of the program so with that uh, being said we'll get set to take our next break when we come back we'll use 
that phone line to chat with our good pal Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers. Our conversation with him is coming up next here on Sports Call. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Cam Berry on this Monday. As uh, we continue to navigate through the year 2022, through the holiday season, getting closer to the end of the year. And boy, we've got a lot to discuss on the show. And so excited now to go to our phone lines and bring on a longtime friend of the program, Jason Caldwell, who writes and works for Inside the Auburn Tigers and 24-7 Sports. He joins us here on the program. Jason, we appreciate the time. How are the holiday seasons treating you? Going good, guys. How about y'all? Can't complain. Yeah, not bad. Well... As we dive into this quick, yeah, it's going pretty good because uh, on the recruiting front, it actually seems optimistic. So, I mean, what has been the big difference between what Hugh Freeze is doing now than what the previous staff was doing? Because it seems night and day. Yeah. uh, I I won't bury the previous guys too much in that. I thought towards the end they kind of had realized, hey, we got to – you got to be more aggressive, and you got to be more. Um, you just got to do more, and that's it. You, you, there's just there's no end to what you have to do in recruiting in terms of building relationships and you know doing visits, um, going to school, all those things. And I think you know this staff has done a good job of communication and and reaching out, doing the things that you have to do. And you know they, they got a lot of visitors during this season uh, on campus, and you know like the Texas A and M game to me, you know, some of those games are really important. To showing maybe the future of all the football. If I'm you freezing this staff, I'm showing those guys the the crowd, the response from the crowd, what people said about that despite you know the team and the record, all those things. So I think it had an impact. But you know, you look at this staff and I think they've done a good job of, of, of going out and trying to identify needs. They've done a good job, you know, in the transfer portal getting guys on campus. Um, you know, we'll see how they finish it off. Uh, but you know, you look at the addition so far in, in this class, and going up from you know the mid fifties to to now up into the upper twenties already, um, with an opportunity to maybe get it, you know, maybe into the the, the low twenties or even into the teens is pretty remarkable uh, in just a, a few short weeks. Yeah. Uh, Jason, one of the things that uh, that we talked about here just a little bit ago was. The, the recruiting is one thing to bring in the high school kids, which obviously you have to do, but those are guys that you got to bring in as freshmen and, and develop them. But Auburn's in a situation where they needed some immediate impact, and it feels like they have done that, um, especially in the areas of need along the offensive line, at wide receiver. And, and again, there's still guys on the board that Auburn feels very comfortable out. How, how big is it that Hugh Freeze and that staff are going and getting guys that can be immediate impacts for this team? Yeah, I mean, I think you look at, 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 at need areas and it starts on the line of scrimmage and, you know, still waiting to see kind of what it looks like. It, you know, 
you know, unless they strike out completely, uh, you know, even if you, you bat 50% of the guys you, right now on the offensive line, you're talking about adding three, maybe four uh, guys that have experience that could be instant impact guys on the offensive line. I think when you look at that, that that's a huge need. Need some of those same guys on the defensive line, whether it's you know a guy like Elijah McAllister who visited over the weekend from Vanderbilt, um, you know some guys like that. Just as much of a need there, but they've been able to 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 get a little more of the high school ranks on that defensive front. And I think it's probably easier, at least, to be a depth piece on the defensive line than it is probably offensive line. But I do think a guy like Connor Lewis, a guy that that from the high school ranks has a chance to play really early on the offensive line, and then you start thinking about um, you know having a guy like Jeremiah Wright returning. They're not a ton of experience. You know, you got Jaleel Irvin and Tate Johnson. You do have some guys inside, but can you add depth from the tackle position, whether that's Xavier uh, Miller, who just decommitted today from Ole Miss, right. and, and yeah, after visiting Auburn last weekend, Isaiah Jada, two junior college tackles there. And you think about, uh, you know, the, the multitude of, of transfer portal guys that have been in the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, if you finish it off and can get those guys on campus, it, it would be hard to quantify how important that was for not only the future but for 2023 because you know they they need guys that can come in and step in and play right away and can you get a Dylan Johnson can you add a Ra Ra Thomas um, to that offense and um, you know can they go find a, a pass rusher or two that's the big deal. Jason Caldwell's here with us from inside the Auburn Tigers signing day comes up on Wednesday and what a major weekend it was recruiting for this Auburn football program do you think the staff is surprised at all by the, the success that they had this past weekend or did they think something like this could happen yeah I, I don't think they're surprised I think um, most of these guys know at a place like Auburn what what what's possible and I think you've seen just the tip of the iceberg was we've seen what's possible at Auburn over the years I still don't think we've seen what's truly possible um, you know you look at the, the teams that are recruiting at such a high level and and Auburn historically has been right there with with Georgia, been you know, been as good or better than Texas A and M over the years. Historically, Auburn has been able to compete with those teams, and you, you start yeah. talking about that's where you should be in recruiting. And so, I think this is showing the potential of what you can do when you have you know the pieces in place. You now you have the facility, you have NIL, you have a head coach that's a tireless worker on the recruiting front. All those things that play into that. Um, I think it's an important part of it, and you know, obviously, we'll see how they're able to finish um, your Wednesday. You know, who can they add? Can they pull off any of the big surprises? You know, on Sunday day, and then you know, see what happens between now and really the second week of January as far as the portal additions uh, to, to give them a boost in spring practice. What's the current forecast in regards to that quarterback position? I know that's a, a position that every head coach wants to make sure uh, they're set. Robbie Ashford had a, a fine freshman season, set to come back for another year with Auburn, but I know that there have been other uh, transfer quarterbacks in particular that have been linked to the Auburn Tigers as well. So what's the forecast of that position, Jason? Yeah, I think that's one that, that it, it kind of remains to be seen when you look at it. Uh, obviously, Devin Leary was in over the weekend, uh, NC State transfer. Um, you know, they've had... Um, Get some interest from you know Ole Miss quarterback commitment from Texas, but I think probably the thing that's most interesting is today they offered Hank Brown, who was a Liberty commitment. This is a guy they really like. Uh, he played for uh, Trent Dilfer at Lipscomb Academy. Obviously, he's been offered by UAB now, so that could that could be a potential thing. And here's what I'm telling folks about the potential of adding a transfer quarterback, whoever whoever it is, going to have to come in and compete. Um, and Robbie Ashford is a guy that that you're going to have to compete with and. Um, 
you know, some guys, if, if you only have a year left, maybe a guy says, look, I don't, I'm going to go somewhere where I, I can be guaranteed I'm going to be the guy. I, I don't think that's a guarantee at Auburn. I think Robbie Ashford is absolutely a formidable opponent to somebody that's going to come in here and challenge for the starting job. So it's it's an interesting dynamic, um, but no no doubt you need to add um, another piece or two at quarterback, whether that's another high school player, whether it's a transfer guy or what. But um, you know, I, I think the expectations are that T.J. Finley will probably um, not be on the Auburn roster in 2023. We'll see how that goes. But you, when you got Holden Garner. Can you add a, can you probably another couple of quarterbacks there um, between now and, and when you tee it up next August? Uh, another quarterback uh, that was expected to visit this weekend was Grayson McCall from uh, Coastal Carolina. And really leading up to the weekend, it seemed like a lot of Auburn fans were really hyping him up because of it just really sounded positive for Auburn and Grayson McCall. There's an academic snag with that. Are you hearing that that's a name that is just now going to be off the board, that uh, Auburn's not going to be able to get him, or, do, or is there a chance that Auburn still tries to get Grayson McCall here on campus? Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I, you never say never, but right now it looks like if it were to happen that he'd be have to be able to play, he'd have to be a guy that would graduate. And I think there's, right. there's some hours that have to be done before then, and it's not just a couple of classes. I mean, I think it's a, it's a pretty good group, and so – you start talking about taking an opportunity or taking a risk of going. Hey, what if you don't get graduate by um, don't graduate by August? Then then you would have brought in a guy who couldn't play. I don't know that that's a risk worth take worth taking. So I think that's where the hang up was just the just the the hours that were needed for a guy like that. So um, you know potentially it could still happen, but my guess is is that there's going to be somewhere out there that he'll be able to move that would probably. Um, probably fit the, the major he's in, maybe the hour-wise, would work out a little bit better than it does at Auburn. Right. Uh, we're talking with Jason Caldwell from uh, Inside the Auburn Tigers. And, uh, Jason, switching gears over to the basketball side of things, obviously Auburn uh, making their West Coast swing and uh, didn't get off to the uh, – didn't get a win. I, you know, I don't want to say didn't get off to the greatest start, but, uh, you know, had some struggles, had some good things happen out there against Southern Cal. But uh, where are you seeing this basketball team – as we sit right here on the 19th of December. Yeah, I think it's a team that, that's still searching. Um, you know, it, you know, there's been smaller teams the last few years that's taken them a little while to kind of find an identity. I don't know that we've had one like this one because this one is a completely different identity. This is not, I mean, unless something drastically changes, this is not going to be a team that's going to go out and outscore folks. It's just not going to happen. Right. Um, it's going to be defense. It's going to be rebounding. And when you play that way, you can't turn the ball over, and 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 of course you turn it over as much as Auburn did yesterday. It doesn't matter how you play; you're you're not going to win those games. They still had a chance, which shows you. I wrote today, it shows you the competitive nature of this team and kind of what they can do. But man, they got to find a way to 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 play more efficient basketball. And I think one of the one of the ways that it happens is Trey Donaldson. I mean, Trey Donaldson to me is the best point guard on this team. He may not be the best guard on this team, but as a as a point guard to run the show, to me he looks like the best option for this team. How that works out, how you make that work, and I'm not saying Wendell Green's, but I think Wendell Green is more of a scorer, even though he's not a big guy. Right. Um, and so, how do you make those things work? How do you make this this group come together? Got to find a way to get Chance Wester going. His, he has no confidence right now, and he's a good basketball player. He's just not playing that way right now, and so. Um, they got to figure those things out because, uh, you know, this team's got it. They're going to they're get pressed. They're going to get pressured. 
Um, they did a better job of rebounding, um, and, and that's going to be a key for them. But uh, they got to figure out a way to get some transition basketball going because this is, I mean, they actually shot the ball pretty well yesterday. Um, just got to find a way to put those things together. Um, it's probably not as far off as it looks because it's been a little bit something different every game. Um, but yesterday it was the turnovers that caused them the scoring issues. It wasn't necessarily right. the shooting. Well, and, and, you know, looking at you, you're talking about things that need to change. Has it, has it been as disappointing to you as it has to me to see some of these newcomers have not really caught on like we thought they were uh, a chance Westry? You know, you said struggling. You are on Treor. You know, a five-star guy that seemed like it was a you know a coup that they got him away from LSU when they did, and, and expected that he was going to kind of fill in. You know, maybe not as good as uh, a Jabari Smith, but would kind of at least fill some of that role. And it feels like some of these guys haven't caught on. I mean, do you see them catching on, or or is this the, was it a miss with these guys? No, I don't think it's a miss. I just think. You've, the Auburn's been really spoiled. They've been really spoiled by young guys that were probably ahead of the curve, and that's what happens when you get Jabari Smith. Right. You know, I mean, you, you think about the guys that run they've had. I think it's more like Chima. Chima was a was was probably a five star talent, um, but you remember it, it took Chima a while. He wasn't right. a guy that that was that guy. That's what what, what Treor reminds me a little bit of is more of Chima, even though he you know he doesn't have hardly any experience and so for him he's still kind of learning the, the game and doing some of those things but talent wise he's a five-star talent you watch him shoot the basketball and do some of those things the westry i think he was playing really well this summer and then the, the knee that you know the knee issue has right. set him back tremendously and so um i think once he gets that lateral movement back his elevation back where he can go in the lane and score and do some of those things i think he'll be fine but i think it's a more confidence factor with those guys right now and i think it's probably that way for for a lot of this team, I, I saw saw last night for the first time. I saw KD Johnson passing up shots he normally would have taken, and that's not him. He's normally a guy that just I just just he was getting caught in midair, looking to pass the ball and nobody there. I mean, those aren't things that are normal for him. And so I think it's just a confidence factor for this team, and uh, they'll find it again. But you know, that's kind of the searching point right now. How much do you enjoy these true road games against major conference opponents in college basketball for the Auburn Tigers, Jason? There's, there's, there's nothing better for basketball teams because you can lose these. You can lose a couple of these games; it doesn't really matter. Right. It actually, it helps you probably. It helps you in terms of of RPI and and all the things that you need. So it's a good test, and it's a good way for them to learn a lot more about themselves and in kind of an NCAA tournament setting a little bit. Jason, we always do appreciate the time. We hope that you have a, uh, a very happy and healthy holiday season with your family. Thanks for joining us. What do we need to know about uh, 24-7 sports and inside the Auburn Tigers? Uh, you just, just stay tuned. This next you know, 48 hours is going to be pretty wild. So check us out there at Auburn Undercover at utigers.com. And uh, you'll follow me on ITAT Jason on Twitter. And uh, just want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. Thanks Merry for the time, Christmas. Jason. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Merry Christmas. All right. That's uh, Jason Caldwell joining us there on Sports Call. Terrific insight, as always. That's why he's our go-to guy for all things Auburn Tigers athletics. All right, let's take a commercial break. We wrap up hour number two right after this. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. 
I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Cam Berry. Our thanks again to Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers for joining us a moment ago on the radio show. Uh, if you want to call in and chat with us on the Auburn Bank phone line, you can do just that. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 to be on the program as we take this opportunity to go to our phone lines and joining us here on sports call right now anthony from auburn anthony has called into the program hi anthony hey guys what's going on uh, doing good how are you sir i'm doing good i tell you you know uh <laughs> i really didn't plan on calling today but i was just listening to the show a little bit you know i was gonna wait to probably later because i didn't have a lot to talk about but uh you guys say uh <laughs> y'all surprised that the coaches uh started swinging a few players here and there and got some players to uh flip over and change the mind and got up to uh, what number 28 ranking and recruit is that true i wouldn't well, say i'm necessarily surprised yeah. i don't think any of us are surprised right. at the skill that that um hugh freeze has it when it comes to recruiting i think we're just happy and relieved yeah. that he's doing it and, and it you know, sh- and think, the fact that it shows just the night and day difference yeah. between what one staff can do and what what one staff just was not doing well, you know, that other staff, uh, that guy tried to play by the rules, right? He wants to do things the right way, right? <laughs> I don't even think he played. I mean, when you're, well, when, you're you know, when you're not when you're not showing up to like recruiting dinners, he didn't even play the game. That's not that's yeah, that's just not even playing the game. Well, you know, maybe that guy had a different strategy than some coaches. I mean, maybe he didn't understand here in yeah. the south that you had to go to those dinners and kiss babies he and didn't. eat eat some food that you probably normally wouldn't eat or whatnot and be a good old down home good boy or whatnot but uh you know he had his way of doing things somebody got the other way of doing things but i'm gonna tell you something you know when you're talking about recruiting players and building relationships when you bring a player on your campus i mean what are you gonna dangle in front of them you got an academic i mean if you don't get your own you got an academic program that sticks out because you do have intellectuals that do play football then yeah you can sell a player on that if you can't sell them on academics then uh well do i have a football program that's uh constantly in the mix for a conference title or Every now and then, might get a chance to go to Hallelujah Land. Uh, do I have that kind of program that can develop this young man that he can go on and play a few years in the pros and, and buy Mama a new house and, and have the wealth that he can pass along if he take care of it? Uh, do I have that kind of program to entice in front of a young man? If you ain't got that, then what do I got to offer? Do we have the best-looking girls on campus that can particularly <laughs> catch this guy's eye? He messed around and see one of those uh, Tiger hostesses. You know, um, I remember when I was going to school, a couple of those guys married some of those Gamecock hostesses. Uh, you know, about three or four players fell in love with those girls, and they got married. And some of them are still married to this very day. So if you ain't got that, then, well, do I have a core group of players that this guy might want to play around that might enhance his uh, opportunities uh, to becoming this or that? Well, if you ain't got that, then uh, what else do you got to bargain with? And that, it must be money. Uh, this guy, uh, Hugh Freeze, not, not taking anything. Look at him. Don't get this wrong, but Hugh Freeze has proven that he will, uh, by any means necessary, do whatever he got to do, legal, illegal, moral, or unethical, or whatever it might be. He's going to do what he got to do to get the talent in because he wants to win on some kind of level. And uh, it don't matter to him, go on probation or whatnot. He's going to do what he got to do. So 
it boils down now to money, gentlemen. You got you got the recruits coming in. I would say 85% of your players are always going to be black on any football team, period. Don't nobody take this the wrong way, but that's just what it is. It's no, that's just that's bang. reality. That's right. reality. That's, yeah, that's just reality, yeah. I mean, But, but look at him now. You got these guys coming mostly from single-parent homes. The mama, some of them working two jobs, trying to make the ends meet. She probably got four or five kids that she's trying to clothe and get through school and all those bills to pay. And then got down to it now that she has a son that can play ball. He's worth something in somebody's eyes other than hers. And uh, money, what it boils down to, leaving a bag there for her to, to do what she needs to do field-wise or whatnot. That is going to be the deciding factors. None of that other stuff uh, that I mentioned uh, ain't doing it. Then it's money. Now, you know, NIL is there. for some, Now Auburn has NIL money they didn't have last year. I mean, uh, Athletic Director Green talked about they need to get together and get the right kind of money, but they couldn't find it when he was there. It just stayed on a rock or somewhere on the table out of his sight. Couldn't get his hands on it, but now it's there. So, uh, you know, don't nobody in the nation be surprised uh, money is making this thing happen, and and he's the kind of coach that can develop a quarterback. We know he can develop a quarterback. We know that. Yeah. Now we'll see if he can get his assistant coaches to jail together and get these players developed and uh, make some noise in the conference, perhaps get in a position to play for a conference title. We'll see. But I say that's three or four years down the road. I don't think that's going to happen uh, in the next couple of years. But hopefully he can be uh, a 7-5 uh, football team, or uh, maybe perhaps an 8-4 at the end of uh, 2023 going into a bowl game. We'll see if that materializes. It happens. I'm pretty sure that it will. Uh, with the talent, he, he's uh, lining up and potentially finna sign here and what he can do as a coach. So I'm going to give you uh, eight and four is the best I'm going to give you going into 2023. And you know I ain't never gave y'all no eight and four. There's <laughs> always that six and five or six and seven or, or seven and six or something like that. Or either the in worst case, three and nine is usually why I keep y'all. And y'all know that. So, uh, we're going to see how this thing turn out. Everybody's excited about it. I'm excited about myself, and I'm going to keep an eye on it. <laughs> and uh, you guys tell me what you think. I want to hear something. Tell me something. Well, we're at the end of the hour, Anthony, so we'll have our thoughts right after this break. Merry Christmas well, to waiting. you, brother. Merry Christmas to you guys, too. All right. Merry that's Christmas. our pal Anthony from Auburn joining us here on Sports Call. Let's go to break. We're back with more after this. WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. 
Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started today on WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Cam Barry, and we've had a lot of fun on the program so far and plan to do that for one more hour today here again on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. All right, so uh, we got to tell you this, that the Sports Call Podcast, a reminder, is brought to you by our friends at Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure that you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. As we get ready to rock and roll here in hour number three of the program today, let's give you a daily show recap. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Indeed, our our Daily Show Recap today on Monday, December 19th, 2022. What do you got for us, Tom? Oh, man, we've... uh, Talked a lot. Um, we we covered We're good at the talking thing. We are, man. I guess that's why they pay us pay us the, the dollars, pay us the big bucks. To <laughs> see. <laughs> um, yeah, talked a lot about Auburn basketball and the the loss against Southern Cal, and they, you know we broke it down. Uh, Cam and I really kind of dove into that and looked at the stats yes. and and the whys and the why nots that things happen like that. Um, talked about the bad turnovers and. Uh, some of that, and then we've talked a lot of recruiting with Auburn football recruiting, and uh, we had Jason Caldwell on the show a little bit ago from uh, Inside the Auburn Tigers, and we're able to deep dive even more into Auburn's recruiting weekend and the future of Auburn recruiting and how well that's going, and then deep dove more into the Auburn basketball team and just kind of how things are looking for them as we go forward. And so, uh, yeah, it's been it's been very uh, Auburn heavy as it should on. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. It's funny that we set it up that way. I mean, come on. To talk on. about a lot of those things. And um, we've also had some great callers. We have. We, we want to hear from you as well. 334-887-3401. A little bit later, we'll have best and worst of the weekend. A weekend that featured a lot of big-time college basketball matchups. Uh, bowl season has kicked off. This past weekend, we had three games in the NFL on Saturday. Uh, we've got another one coming up a little bit later tonight. Uh, we also saw the World Cup final be played. An amazing match between France and Argentina, and Leo Messi and Argentina won uh-huh. the World Cup yesterday. Here, here's an, a, a very good debate. Okay, please debate then. Well, I mean, I don't know about me debating. Okay, it's well, a just, debate that is out there. World Cup final. Right. I don't think that that should ever come down to PKs. That needs to be decided on the field. That's the rules of soccer. No, 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 I know, I know. I, I get it. I get it. It's the rules of soccer, but it's like that's an interesting thought, and I think that's pretty. I think that's the best way to end them. No, see, I think, death. No, 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 no. I think I do kind of like the hype of PK. Yeah, it, it, yeah. But, but if you were out there having to play forever, and, and it and it comes down to that. It, but see, here's the other thing: is but they get the extra time. That's what they get the extra time. For. I, I know, but keep playing until somebody oh wins my it. Two fifteen die. But that would be the. But that would be the sudden death. That that's your sudden death. Is next goal wins. So golden goal. Golden goal. That's how they yeah. 
Instead, I, they've got the two 15-minute extra time periods to get to 120 sure. minutes of soccer. If it's still tied after keep 120 going. minutes, you keep playing. Or keep uh, going. Right now, you go to PKs, but you'd like yeah. to keep playing. Yeah. You would just like it to be golden goal as soon as 90 minutes is up? I, I Yeah, that's more of what I... Yeah. Once you hit that... Once you hit because your currently, quote unquote overtime, if you get to overtime and you score, the other team still gets right, to try and time. level exactly. it up until the end of the no. 120 minutes. Okay, I, if it's golden I, goal in the extra time, I'm with you. Yeah, I and, that, the, and that's where I'm 90 saying. minutes. I'm with you. I, I'm saying golden goal, but I, if I in a I don't mind. I don't. I guess I don't mind the PKs in games leading up to it because I mean you've got so many. Yeah, that you got to get through them, but the deciding game, the most important soccer game in the entire world, is the World Cup Championship game. It does not get any bigger than that. That is that is the creme de la creme. That is the, That's the game. Game. I don't think should ever come down to a PK because. Because here's the here's the main thing. In, in the PKs, the shooter has all the advantage. Yeah, they have all the advantage. So that's why it's so amazing if a goalie hit if a goalie blocks it. Sure, but I just I don't like. I just I personally just don't like the fact that the mo- the biggest game in and, the entire world that what and every, the shooter can still miss. every four years. Yeah, every four years. Every four years. Um, I just don't think that title game – the title game should be a golden goal situation. To me, I, I get it. I understand PKs are exciting. PKs are but, dope. But, man, I you know, the, the idea of golden goal to me is even more exciting than that because with PKs, it, it, I don't I, – I just don't – I don't like the fact that the most important game in the entire world comes down – to a PK. one v one between the shooter yeah. and the goalie, I, just, I love I, it. Yeah, see, I, I just, just can't. I, I don't. I just. I think that's great. I. I, 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 know, I love but again, PKs. I love seeing PKs in the games leading up to that to get there because you got to get through these games. I get it. But when it comes down to, for all the glory, it needs to be golden goal. It does not need to be PKs. I. I, I don't want to say it cheapens it because it it is still exciting. But it's, I, it just, yeah, I don't. I just don't like that. I, I'm so not like, a fan. Not a fan. Yeah, but then it's just like golden goal. What if nobody scores? And then well, then, like, then dad goes, you keep playing goes. until you keep yeah. playing until somebody scores. They play four hours. Yeah, and, that's no, absolutely yeah. not. Then but we're I, talking about baseball here. I, well, you know what? But yeah. that's fine. But now baseball, obviously, you're not running up and down a field. No, exactly. And that exactly. But you know, yeah, they'd be dead. Yeah, they'd be dead. Yeah. They'd be if dead. They keep playing forever. But, 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 can't. but hey, yeah. here's here's the other thing. You know, I I don't like NFL games ending in a tie. I agree with that. That's dumb. That's dumb. But, but that's ending still in a tie is stupid. But that's still, you know, you play it until somebody finishes. You don't you don't just go you don't just go oh well uh, well nobody yeah. scored in the overtime period it's a tie I'm like no you keep playing until somebody wins the dead game game but I think it's a lot easier with football you could say that you could say play till you're done because they'll probably go down and be able to score on the next drive right you don't know that so, yeah but you can you can it's a lot I think it's easier to score on football than it is soccer I think we can agree to that right well, well sure but I mean that's why you have you have you have literally have soccer games that will go through the entire soccer period zero to zero because it's so hard to score sure 
but that makes it even more interesting ah. when it's that difficult. If it's golden goal, I, I just it just it just it feels like I don't I, think it's realistic from a player stamina standpoint. And those are some yeah. of the most in shape players Absolutely. in the world. They could do all that running, but everybody gets tired, and it doesn't. I mean, if if the game just continues to go on and on and on. You know, it just then I don't think the game will be as entertaining because if you're at a zero zero match well, and you're at like the hundred and fiftieth minute, all those players are going to be dead. I, well, the thing is, <laughs> to me, to me personally, that's what makes it even more interesting is the fact that these dudes are gassed. They have given it all. Both teams, both teams are just purely daggum gassed out of their minds, but they're still fighting and clawing. And and you get that one cross, and there's a header right there, and you're able to it, that that feels so much better than going. Well, you know what? Nobody could get it done, so let's just start shooting point blank at the goal. I love it, and hope to and and if you're the people that you know you're you know the team that is not at the time not on the shooter, you just hope that your goalie guess is right, but it, or, I mean, or or hope that whoever is kicking the ball. Screws up and misses. Yanks one. It's not, to, it's not as easy as I don't you know. I, I know, but I but it's it. You're shooting point blank. It, it's it's you're gonna make it more times than you're not. Just at that level of soccer. But the pressure at that sure. But those guys, it, it's pressure. But those guys are it's are amazing. the best of the best. Sure, and, those shoot those shooters and with are, France. Two of the best of the best missed. Sure, missed. So but, and, and no, and it happens. But I mean, you're shooting point blank. The the majority of the time, you're going to score that. I just I would rather. I see, don't think that's a given. I would rather. I would much rather see that play out. I don't think it's a given. It's got much score. more in depth than I was anticipating. It, it actually got. I just <laughs> was like, it just kind of a random little you know thing here and threw it out there and here we went. That's Off kind and of, running. That's what happens on this show, though. Yeah, no kidding. That's what we love. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of the program. Auburn basketball suffered their second loss of the season against USC. Uh, yesterday, the game was played in Los Angeles. Currently traveling now to Seattle, they will play a road game against the Washington Huskies. Uh, they played Washington back on November 9th, 2018, a Friday night before is Saturday Auburn game, uh, and now this is the return trip out to Washington. Do you guys like these matchups, these major conference matchups? Oh, yeah. you got to say oh, yeah. major conference in basketball because let's give the Big East some love oh, with yeah. all those amazing teams that they have. Um, but those true road games, those yeah. atmospheres. Love them. Yeah, but I love them. And, and they're necessary. They, they, they are very necessary for, for your team. And that's one thing that uh, Jason Caldwell mentioned that – even on a loss, these are still good for your team because you don't want to find yourself you don't want to find yourself in a in a, an early pre-conference season doing nothing but playing cupcakes at home and maybe right. a tournament that you go and play some cupcakes and you know you just kind of coast on through. Well, then you get to conference play and you're like, oh, holy crap! The, this picked the, up a little they, bit. This just yeah, you know. They, this just got serious. What what do they say when uh when we're doing the recap? That got out of hand. Yeah, yeah. that just got out. Yeah, that just that just turned up a notch. 
<laughs> it did, didn't it? <laughs> it did, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. You go through a whole bunch of cupcakes, and all of a sudden, you're right out of the gate playing Tennessee, and you're like, oh, right. well, it's different. Yeah. So, no, you've got to, you have to go on the road and play those games because you're going to be playing – you're going to be playing SEC games in some of the most, you know, vicious some environments the there are. Conferences now, absolutely. In the, in the, so you have to play those games. You have to go and play Southern Cal out in California. You got to go play Washington out there. A good program. It, you know, Alabama's been doing it. Alabama gets it on the road. They're going out there and playing these crazy teams. Kentucky does it. The best of the best. Kentucky and lost that's, the and other that, day. Yeah. Well, Tennessee lost. Kentucky lost. Alabama lost. I mean, the but but that's why when you look right now at the map, I love seeing the map of the U.S. and it, uh, is it Big Game Boomer that has that always yeah. has that map up and it's like the current undefeated teams. And right now, there's not many. No, there's well, that's because it's not because everybody in the country is bad. It's because it's these very teams competitive. And if you and if you and if you look at that map, there's not a single blue blood. I don't think on that map right now. Not a single one. And it's because they play tough competition in their pre-conference play. Duke does it. UNC does it. Kansas does it. Arizona does it. That's what you have to do. And you're going to take some L's. That, that just comes with the territory. That comes with basketball. But you're especially going to set, your set yourself up potentially for some losses when you're playing top, top competition yeah. on the road, and that's fine. It builds character. It, it lets you understand that, you know what, you're not as good as you think you are. No. You can sit here and practice and look like an all-star team, but until you go and get your tails kicked in somewhere, you realize, hey, we got work to do. It's it's fine, and that's why I don't I don't like Auburn fans like gnashing teeth over getting beat by Southern Cal. I mean, I don't. Dude, I don't it could be I, way worse. Southern like Cal you said. is sure. a historically good basketball program. Sure. So I mean, they're nine and three. They I'm I'm almost positive they were a tournament team last year. Don't quote me on that. Um, and they're seven and one at home. Like they're oh. a really good home team. Sure. And they're the Pac-12 is a very good basketball conference. Um. So and and they had Evan Mobley, who it was a I think he was a top five draft pick. I mean they they have talent that goes through there all the time. Um, but there was one thing that I wanted to touch on with with Auburn that has not gotten enough love because I'm looking at these stats and these guys hit their free throws. And I will say that they hit seventy nine percent of their free throws. They did good from the free throw line, and that's what what um, something that I just wanted to praise them. I mean, just overall shooting, uh, they had a solid shooting game. Um, Better than they had. Yes, I mean, just if you're speaking relative to how the season has been, that this is exactly the type of shooting performance that the team needed. Obviously, we said we want to cut down on the turnovers on the fouls, um, but you can clean up those. And build upon that shooting performance. Um, and if you can, I mean, you got to have one out of two on this West Coast trip, right? So you didn't get it against USC. You got to get it against Washington. Sure. Um, and we projected, I think we all kind of understood 
this team probably wasn't going to get it right out of the gate. They weren't going to be amazing, near as great as this team was last year, right? Sure. Um, they were going to have to take a minute, kind of gel together, understand roles, um, redefined roles. Um, and uh, this team was projected to be about a 23 to 25 win team. Uh, and it's kind of looking like that's probably going to come to fruition. Um, so just be patient if you're if you're an R. Just be patient. And and this was a team we lost by three and didn't have a starting point guard at his at his full strength. So you have to take that into account as well. And twenty three and twenty three turnovers. Right, twenty three turnovers. And, and you ought to have lost have that one by players, twenty points. Right, you have different players like Jason Caldwell said. KD was not taking his usual shots. He was looking to pass a lot more than he even. Yeah, thinks to do right. We usually when we see KD going to the cup, what do we think he's about to go score. Yeah. He's about yeah. to go score. He's about to go draw a foul. Right. He didn't do that as much. He did a lot of driving and attempting to kick out, and that's not his game. And that's kind of the result of the six turnovers, a very high turnovers for him. So I think all of that will cut down, and, and you figure out the roles and things like that. Uh, get Wendell health healthy, and I think that'll help a lot. Quickly, we yeah. have uh, five undefeated teams still in basketball. Purdue, UConn, Mississippi State, New Mexico, and Utah State. Purdue and UConn, of course, are the top two teams sure. in the country. Yep. Mississippi State a little bit underneath that. Auburn is the only team in the entire country who is playing three true road games against major conference competition. USC, Washington, and then and at the Virginia. end of January, Auburn will play West Virginia on the road in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. That expires after this year. And then starting next year, they're making an SEC-ACC yep. Challenge, yep. which opens the door for Auburn to travel to sites Duke. like... Duke, Duke and UNC <laughs> and Virginia, some of yeah. these big programs uh, there. So you will have more of those opportunities to play true road games. What Bill's, about, char- Bill's character, I like What that. about uh, Jason Caldwell's point? Because it is fair to ask about Yoan Traor. He is the second highest recruit ever in the history of Auburn basketball. The second highest recruit ever. Yep. And to everyone, he's been a little underwhelming. What about his take with someone like Chuma Okiki? that he made or to begin I the show. agree with yeah. that 100%. That's very accurate actually because sometimes it just it just takes time to adjust to the college game and and like I said earlier, you know, there this the system might not benefit him as much, right? Um, but he is a great catch and shoot player. Uh, we like what we see in his ability to hit the three from the corner. Um, use use his size a little bit more in the paint obviously is something we want to see, but um, I think he's just a little bit timid. I think he's just kind of walking on eggshells, oh. playing the game a little bit. Uh, he seems like he's a really good teammate, um, just in his character and all that stuff. So I think if he just continues to work on his game, continues to get a little bit more comfortable. Like I said, it's only been eleven games, right, into this into his freshman season. Right. Not you just can't compare him to Jabari. You like you just can't. I, I know he's the highest recruit ever, but Jabari was just simply a different type of player. I mean, he was just he has been his whole life Jabari has been preparing to be a professional basketball player and we could see it in the way he prepared in the way he played in the way he was poised and went, away and no went doubt. about his yeah. game so you can't you can't compare um Johan and, and expect that from from him um just based on on Jabari you just you just can't sure it's not Tom? the same uh, yeah and and that's why I always say about when I talk about Johan being disappointing so far is yeah when when you when you stole him away from LSU because again he was committed to LSU five star guy 
one of the top players in the country, and you're able to steal him away from LSU, you hoped that he could not be Jabari Smith, not step in and take over that role and be the same, but at least give you similar. And I think part of, at least for me, where it's kind of been disappointing is when we watched this, when we watched this Auburn team play before the season started, when we went, when they went to Israel, he 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 did great. It was the first time we'd had a chance to see him, and and out there you saw him. You're like, oh my gosh! It's like this dude's good. Yeah, holy, he is it's good. like holy crap, this dude's good. Well, then the season starts. You're like, he's not even playing. <laughs> like what happened? And now when he gets on the floor, he's not getting a lot of minutes. When he's on the floor. He's serviceable. He's he hasn't done anything that he hasn't done anything, you know, where you just sit there like a chance Westry that you can sit there and look at and go, Woof, man, dude just There's some things dude there. just don't figure it out. Dude just don't have it right now. That's where Westry's at. Westry's just on struggle bus. Yeah, he's struggling. He doesn't have a lot of confidence. Yeah, um, yeah. Johan Johan has just you haven't seen a lot of minutes out of him. You haven't seen that production. Now will that production come? I sure hope so because, man, Auburn could use – they could use what he can provide inside to take away the need for so many threes. But that's kind of what Auburn does because they had Jabari and Kessler last year on the inside, and they still threw up a whole bunch of threes. No kidding. That brings us to our first break in the final hour of Sports Call today. We continue in a moment. Best and worst of the weekend coming up next here on WTGZ. Tiger 95.9 FM. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Cam Barry. Uh, make sure you check us out online on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sports Call AU. We want to tell you about the Tiger Communications app. It's your one-stop shop for all things involved with our company. You can listen to all of our stations on the go wherever in the world you are by downloading the Tiger Communications app available on both iPhone and Android devices. Tomorrow, Auburn women's basketball, they've got a lunchtime game. The Tigers set to take on North Florida. The game will tip at noon Central, and you can listen to the radio broadcast of Auburn women's basketball. Winners of six in a row beginning at 11.45 tomorrow. Oh, girls hooping. I, and that's one thing. We, we've really focused a lot on, on the men's basketball, but uh, they're, the, the, ladies the, are, the ladies are playing. Yeah. I, they I set mean, a program record yesterday, I forcing 36 turnovers. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Program record. They are going uh, crazy. Amazing stuff yeah. uh, from that Auburn women's basketball they're, squad. They're, they're, they're playing at a very, very good level right now. All right, we do it every Monday. Now time for the best. Woo-hoo! And worst. No! 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 Of the weekend. Best and worst of the weekend here today on the program. 
uh, I mentioned we talked about something at the very beginning, and I said that's already a contender for best and worst of the weekend, and I forgot what that was at the beginning of the program. Go ahead, Tom. I also forgot. I, I, I can't remember what that was. No, I, I, worst of the weekend, you got to start with this one. One of the dumbest plays that you will ever see in football happened from the Patriots Raiders the game. Patriots yes. Raiders Steve game. Steve mentioned that. That's not what I was trying to remember. It was but not yes. that one. It was not that. But for those that did not see this play, it's, oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. We'll get to that play okay. in a second because oh. Steve brought it up. But before oh. I forget, in this moment, oh. you mentioned it at the very start of the show. The bowl game between Florida and Oregon State oh, and the yeah, lousy, yeah. lousy, the lousy, lousy effort, effort um, which you know I was hating on effort a few weeks ago. It yep. felt like on this best and worst of the weekend. But That's yes, right. that was terrible. The video of the their defensive end who looked like he was playing in a Pro didn't Bowl care. where he just yeah. didn't care. He yeah. just didn't even make any effort to right. play. Yeah, uh, but no, not that one. But the uh, yeah, uh, for those that didn't see the dumbest play that you will ever see in football. Uh, the New England Patriots and the Raiders are tied at 20, 24. Uh, Patriots get the ball. And they're obviously going to just run the clock out because they weren't trying to throw the ball downfield because they, they ran a ball one time. Then with three seconds left, they hand the ball off again. So there's no Hail Mary pass. There's, yep. they just, they're going to run the clock out and go to overtime. Ramondre Stevenson ran it up the gut. Yep. So uh, they so they give the inside yards. inside handoff to uh, Ramondre Stevens, who ran to the Raiders thirty two. So a very good gain. Uh, but then he gets cornered, and he's going to go down, and it's going to go to overtime. Nope. He decides he's going to try to keep it alive, and so he throws the ball backwards, lateral to Jacoby Myers, who then is immediately about to get tackled. Okay. Go down, it goes to overtime. No. Jacoby Myers decides that he's going to turn and heave the ball backwards towards Mac Jones, who Mac Jones was standing there, had no idea the ball was going to even come back towards him. You could tell he was not expecting that because just expect they're going to go down and we're going to go to OT. Jacoby Myers turns, throws the ball backwards towards him, towards Mac Jones, but Chandler Jones of the Raiders is there. He intercepts the ball, proceeds to stiff-arm Mac Jones into the earth's crust, (laughs) step over him, and then run into the end zone untouched, unabated, for a game-winning walk-off touchdown, a 30-24 win. Just a dumb... Just dumb. Don't do that. Just a dumb play. Yeah. yeah. And, and all I can sit there and think Kobe about... Kobe Myers took full responsibility. He did. For it and I, and, and kudos... Stevenson also took responsibility. He said, kudos I to, kudos to both of those guys for stepping up and taking responsibility. However, I, I just sit there and think about, it, like, when Mondre Stevens, it's, it's like about to go down. You're like, okay, cool. And then as soon as he laterals, you're like, no, no, no. Be a little careful like, here. Whoa, 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 whoa. And then you're like, all right, you know, cool. All right. Oh, no, Jacoby, what are you doing? Again, if nothing happens, you just go to overtime. It, you have right. a chance. Right. If if you just go down on the ground, you're good. Overtime. Goes to overtime, and you might still have a chance to win. But Jacoby Myers heaves one back yeah. towards Mac Jones for some reason. And both of these teams <laughs> really, really, Needed really trying to get a wild card spot yeah. in the playoffs with just three weeks left to go. Cam, you have anything for worst of the weekend? I do, actually. Um, Saturday, Celebration Bowl, Deion Sanders' last game at uh, 
uh, as a ja- as the Jackson State head, head football coach. Co- uh, yeah, head coach. And uh, they uh, the game went into overtime. I think they were playing North Carolina State. I can't I can't remember North Carolina name. Central. North Carolina Central. Excuse me. Um, got to third and goal after North Carolina Central had scored, and they ran the perfect play and threw it to the tight end. And on third and goal, he drops it wide open touchdown. Yeah. Backpedaling, he just drops it, and uh, um, that I mean, and that ended up. Um, cost them the game because they ended up fourth and goal and they weren't able to convert in the fourth and goal and and uh, Jackson State lost lost the game. Um, man, I mean, just uh, drop it. It, it. That's just quite upsetting. And yeah, I, I just hate that for the for the dude. Um, and uh, you see the video of Dion consoling him, saying like, "Look, we lost the game. It's not just you. Right? We all lost it. Da, 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 da. But oh no, it's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you dropped the ball, and that was a touchdown. Right? So, <laughs> you Sheesh. Know, yeah, it's, it's tough, tough loss, tough situation. So that's my worst of the weekend for sure. I love it. I, you know, and I'll say this. I, yeah, that was the worst weekend that dropped. But man, watching Dion. And that kid in the locker room afterwards and Dion sitting with him and talking to him and just trying to get pep him up and get him up. I mean, that to me, that just shows who Dion Sanders really is. I think that that just shows so much character to be right. able to sit with the kid and try to I'd lift him, try to lift him up, lift his spirits up and, and talk to him, you know, man to man. And, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there that wouldn't give them the time of day to do something like that, and especially a coach that's about to, you know, leave them right. and go to a big job right. to be able to sit there and, and tell this kid about how it's going to, you're going to remember this forever, but it's going to build your character. It's going to make you make better, you stronger. It's going to make, make you stronger. It's going to make you stronger because you go through adversity in life and the adversity you go through in life is going to determine how you are as a man. And I thought it was perfect. I mean, for Deion Sanders to do that. So yeah, I mean, it was definitely a worse to watch a kid drop that ball. But good on Deion Sanders for lifting the kid back up. Uh, worst of the weekend. Also, consideration uh, and a shout out to the Indianapolis Colts, who had the largest lead in Gosh, NFL history. Man. Uh, blown Dude. a thirty-three point comeback, Dude. where they were able to win the football game. Awful. Oh, I mean, awful. Matt, and oh, Matt Ryan is now on the losing end of the worst bone lead in Super Bowl history and the worst bone lead in NFL regular season history. I I just feel for the man. I mean, I just want you know, I he just, it it just couldn't happen to somebody less deserving. I Matt Ryan's a good dude. Good quarterback, you know, was throughout throughout his career. <laughs> was. He, was good, he was a good quarterback throughout his career. Um and he's getting old. Uh, he's getting old and you know, it's just I just hate that <laughs> that happened to him. Because you know, the first thing everybody posted was the twenty eight three stuff. Adam Schefter posted it, whole all the social media sites posted it, you know, Bleach Report, ESPN, Sports Center, all those posted it, and it, you see the graphic of just both of them, Matt Ryan. 330 283 and uh, I just feel for the man. I mean, aside from him being, you know, a former Atlanta Falcon, I just feel for the man because that, I mean, that's total just collapse. Tough. It's tough. 
total collapse by those the folks. offense couldn't get any movement i again <sighs> we want you to know about our twitter at sports call au uh we've got a great social staff posting these clips for you to be able to see and uh yeah actually seeing the effort on that florida player is is something <laughs> i can't believe i'm glad i found that, that tom like there i hadn't seen that and, oh you haven't you and haven't i wanted that. people to be able to see that as well go check that out and thanks for bringing that up, Tom, because I hadn't seen that. Best of the weekend. Best of the weekend, fellas. Uh, for me, best of the weekend has to be Auburn recruiting because it just – you're getting guys and it, and it just feels good. I, I mean, it, and that's why it's got to be a best because it just – it feels like for the last couple of years, it's just the recruiting or lack thereof has just really sucked the life out of this program and it's made you not feel good about any sort of direction that things were going. You didn't feel good about this past season because of the lack of recruiting, and and then you were not really looking forward to the next season because things were still just not going great. And all of a sudden, Hugh Freeze has come in and has just lifted the dark cloud off of this. And there's nothing saying that this, you know Auburn's not about to have like the number one class in the country compared to what what nah, it looks like what it looks like Alabama's yeah, putting nah, together right now, and of course Georgia's too. It's not going to be to that level, but you can get you close. Got, but you got to start making some progress, and to get all the way up from the forty, one of the worst in the entire SEC, and all of a sudden you're up to twenty eight, and you still see the guys that are on the board that are Major leaning towards Auburn. That, yeah, man, alive! It just it feels it just it it feels good. I, there's so many different analogies that I could say how it makes you feel. Like one of the analogies, you know, if you've ever if you've ever gone ducked your head underwater and you stay there underwater uh-huh. until you feel like you're about to pass out and that first breath of air that you get to get some fresh air but that's what that feels like <laughs> it's like we're drowning we, we are drown we and now are, we can breathe we are drowning here and there's no end in sight they, yeah. somebody has their hand on our head underwater and we are literally drowning right here yeah and all of a sudden Sheesh. <laughs> like it's just the yeah. best it's just great so there you go there's my best cam you got a best of the weekend i do um i am going to go with my best of the weekend um i'm just gonna go with that that world cup final i'm gonna go uh messi solidifying his legacy good for him man uh, i mean that was really the really only thing that he needed was a world cup and argentina seeing all those uh seeing i mean the entire country um celebrating and you see some videos on twitter where i mean just in the capital of of argentina they're celebrating like crazy and 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 that's just like so great to see uh, you know from a country that i guess they lost one of their i guess in the past like couple years or so they lost one of their former great argentinian players uh he passed away um and you know they i guess they've had some economic struggles as well so to win this world cup final and and it's so crazy that stuff like that impacts how that impacts a country so much because that is everything to them like world cup like you're the world champion you're you're you know they then it was so elusive they hadn't won in 36 years uh and and to go out to for that for that match to happen that way first of all three three going to extra time PKs, all that stuff. Great, a completely entertaining game through and through. Um, Killian Mbappe is a certified stud baller. Hat trick in the World Cup final. You can't really do much better than that. Um, 
and so he showed out and and you see just all the talent that is <laughs> showcased uh so that that was my my best of the weekend an absolutely amazing world cup final um a great way to cap it off um and some of these celebrations later. are amazing yeah it's awesome i'm having to hit you up with some of these celebrations uh that we've posted online oh. a player in the locker room jumped in what looks like a, a trash can unbelievable <laughs> man yeah see, unbelievable oh, man, no. pure joy so they're just i mean they're just enjoying representing their country and i think that's awesome um you know obviously usa doesn't value soccer as high as um, all, uh, as these other countries do. Um, but the way that it br- has brought everybody together in the country, um, and you, you see, uh, I saw a video also <laughs> of an announcer, um, an Argentinian announcer, um, and he was just brought to tears. Yeah. Things like that. It just means so much for this country and for countries that, that really don't have other sports to look forward to like this, and soccer is everything. Uh, it, it's awesome. One more time out on today's show. We wrap up the program right after this. Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call. On Tiger 95.9. I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy. And Cam Barry, we hope that you're doing well on this. What day is it? Monday. 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 December the 19th. And uh, yeah, thanks for being a part of our show. Always with all of your phone calls, following us on social media Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sports Call AU. We appreciate all the support. I, I had one thing. I, it, yeah. I was going to add about like with the. I was going to mention it in best or worst, but it wasn't really a best or a worst. It was just the weird. Okay, I like weird sometimes. The the quote unquote twelve year old football player. Yeah, <laughs> that looks that like so the, funny, dude. He's, the dude looks like he's twenty eight years old. Apparently, he's had a mustache since he was eight. I missed this. Oh, we'll find we'll this. find the he had, look. He's he won MVP at, at a twelve and under youth football game tournament. The dude looks like he he looks like a dad. He's apparently twelve. He has a mustache and a full sleeve tattoo. That one was that was fake though. Well, okay. Well, it still it looked like he had a sleeve tattoo. He has a receding hairline and a mustache, and he's big. So <laughs> the dude literally looks like he's in his thirties. And of course, everybody sees his picture and they're like, "Okay, yeah, that guy's twelve. Sure, whatever." <laughs> Absolutely Dude, hilarious. Absolutely, I'm seeing it now. There's absolutely no way this kid is 12 years old. That, that can't be. Wow. It is. They, <laughs> they showed it. Like, it's crazy. He's just, 
he just matured a lot faster, like way quicker. <laughs> it's insane. Like I, I read up on it crazy. and it's like, nobody's like, there's like, he's not cheating. He is 12. He's had a mustache since he was like a child. Right. And he's 12 he's years 12. old. I yes. can't believe this. He said he has, he's had a mustache since he's had facial hair since he was eight. Well, fellas, we just did it. We officially just debuted the first I am 12. weird of the weekend There you go. here on the show. So. <laughs> the world can now. I, I'm looking at that for the first yeah. time. I can't believe it. That holy cow! Absolutely yeah. hilarious. Holy That's cow! That's 12 years old. I, I'm Sheesh. telling you, the dude looks like he's 32. He looks like he's he, he, like look, he, look, he looks like a seasoned NFL veteran. Yeah, he is. He is 12, 12 years, years That's old. That's just crazy. <clears throat> wow. So there you go. Weird. There's our weird of the weekend. Weird All right, the before weekend. the show ends today, here's a TV guide. Our show is about to end. But we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. All right, on television tonight, here are a few movie picks for you this evening. You've got the Polar Express at 7 on AMC. Had a good discussion about that film with our guy Eric McDade last week. Grown Ups 2 at 7 tonight on Paramount. Hilarious. Captain America Civil War at 7 on TNT. Probably the best of the Captain America series. Yeah, I do like that one yeah, a lot. One. Shout out Captain America for Rilskis. Uh Monday Night Spider-Man. Football tonight on ESPN. You've got the Rams and Packers. Packers are the home team, and they are favored in Las Vegas by seven and a half. Yeah, Packers should win that one, but the Baker factor, right? Right, JJ? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> played well in his debut. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he did. So I guess you see. We'll see what he can do tonight. See if he can uh, level that one back up. Also, uh, tonight at 8 on NBA TV, you've got the Lakers and the Suns going head-to-head. Locally on Bally, you've got a matchup between the Orlando Magic and the Atlanta Hawks. DeJounte Murray and John Collins are back. There you go. Let's do this. That's a look at your nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. I got to start remembering to get some movie picks going so we can pick on you. That I haven't seen things because I don't watch movies? That. Yeah. I like it. Or that you've seen that we know you've seen and cry yourself to sleep to. (laughs) Those as well. Yeah, those Disney movies. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Tom, thanks for being here. We'll see you later in the week. Absolutely. All right. And uh, Cam, thanks for stopping by. We'll see you soon. Yes, sir. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in and calling into Auburn's First. And Albert's favorite sports talk show. Thanks to Jason Caldwell for being on the program as well. For Tom Peavy and Cam Berry, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. <laughs>